0: Hello, internet friends, and welcome to episode number 126 of Final Boss TV, your end game rating show. I don't know what that was. That was a strange noise, <laughs> but welcome. Sorry that was a bit of a delay on the episodes. We were waiting for the ridiculous nature of patch 7.1.5 to be dropped, and then there was hotfixes, and then there was more hot fixes. So finally, after all that, we're here. It's been about a month, five weeks since the last show. But I didn't want to have any shows before all the patches and hotfixes were all worked out going into Nighthole with tier sets and also their class balance shenanigans, because it would be misinformation. And if those wondering about the previous episodes of Rogue, Mage, and Warlock, I am toying with the idea of having one representative of each of those specs come on a, like, little mishmashy show just to throw out, like, a lot of updates. But if you're keeping up with your class and your spec in the Discord channels, then you should be okay. But every single class and spec does get two shows going forward in Legion, because we're going to be here for a very, very long time. But just so you know, it's a possibility. On the horizon, of course, we have Restoration Shaman. We have Protection Warrior. We have, of course, a mythic World First Gul'dan. Whenever that happens and when five guilds kill it. And then I have an interview coming up with the Lost Codex guys behind the Lost Codex YouTube channel. That should be fun. But today's episode is about hunters. And they've had a bit of a wild ride, so to talk about hunters today, we're sitting down with, he's been on the show, this is his fourth time we had to find this out, but Azartharion, welcome back to the show, Azartharion, hello sir, hello.
1: Thank you, glad to be back.
0: You ready to talk about uh, butchery on the show today, right?
1: Um, I, I mean, there might be more advice area, but uh, I'll try and, <laughs> and the, contribute the best butchery I can.
0: That's fair. You're going to talk about weak auras and staring at your vulnerability window bar, right? That's what you're here for? Yeah,
1: lots of that. Lots of kill commands. Mm. Um, Legendary is being mandatory for. I yeah. I mean, no spoilers.
0: You, you talk about kill command. Did you see the new kill command graphic, though, and the new hunter shots coming in 7.2? I,
1: I can't say half. I'm so <gasps> sorry.
0: You, oh, like all your shots, arcane shot now is like a huge purple arrow you shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> we all know you're spending arcane shot a lot right now.
1: Uh, Yeah, but th- they are making it so we don't have to cast it as much. So the buff to the animation is kind of uh, coincided with us casting it less. Oh, no. Sucks.
0: But then to help us out with the survival side of things, here is Fi. Hello, sir. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello. I- you're here to talk about butchery now, right? That's what you're here for? Yes. You, butchery, you do nice UV damage. Butchery, butchery, butchery. Uh, Let's... Yeah, butchery. Let's just guy. to be
0: killed. <laughs> is that is that equivalent to say like a, uh, a a a druid just spamming moonfire or binding moonfire to every single hotkey? Is that about the same? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just pick butchery, it's, spam butchery. I guess it's good. I <laughs> I, I, I play a several hunter as my like second alt. She uh, my little gnome is just for like enchanting and alchemy. But I had not played Butchery forever, I've been doing Nightbane runs, so my last Nightbane run, I was like, you know what, let's try out Butchery. I became a believer. It is a good spell. <laughs> <laughs> but as these class shows, this is the last one of the pure DPS classes that have three specs to talk about. There's a lot to go over, a lot to be sort of jammed in here. And we will, of course, start out with some general stuff, and then we'll go into each spec. Each spec gets about half an hour of of time, and then we'll sort of go forward from there. So, a little bit of general topic. Let's talk about patch 7.1.5 and the hotfixes that were on the 17th of January and the hotfixes that are coming out the 24th. It's just, it's never-ending So, I don't know, Azar, I'll throw it over to you first, since you write a lot of stuff and you're sort of the the go-to voice in the community for this thing. So how has these latest patch and hotfix cycles treated Hunters?
1: Uh, Well, initially, it was, um, as many might know, even those who who just play with Hunters, um, we were not very well off after the patch. And... um, before the patch, at least marksmanship, they had this very powerful talent called Sidewinders, and it was basically mandatory. It was best for every situation. And uh, of course, Blizzard doesn't want that because they want there to be some meaningful choice. So they um, basically rearranged the talent tree and made some numbers changes that made um, it not so good anymore. Uh, and instead through sort of the, um, I don't know, the DPS stick over to trick Shop which displeased a lot of people because it's a completely different play style that no one has used since Sidewinders hit the beta essentially. So, um, and on top of that, we were not very well tuned with it. We didn't really bring anything to the table. So there was a lot of uh, problems there. Um, Beast Mastery kind of stayed the same. Uh, they changed them um, like a few mechanics. They introduced a new legendary, which is because of how good it is uh, actually turning out to be a bit of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Some few, like all the Hunter specs, they got some uh, talent tree changes basically and that's 715 in a nutshell. But in the case of Marksmanship, they did it so drastically that uh, the status quo build of base over a year uh, was suddenly not very good anymore. And uh, so we've sort of been riding this wave of uh, them trying to fix it and then trying to make us uh, not suck even with our best uh, talent setup. And uh, that leads us to where we are today with another buff uh, upcoming on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I can it can pop up here on the screen. So your first, the ones that went out last week were just like an aura fix. So it was like a tweak up on the overall, like, Marksman Hunter and, and BM got a little more fine-tuned stuff, but it was just aura stuff. But then you're getting even more stuff right here on Tuesday, two days from now, there's even more. So we're talking about stuff on the show today with this in mind, but like multi shot giving a little more focus, arcane shot a little more focus. They're buffing sidewinder's damage back. Was the um I was told recently that the the vulnerability window that was changed was actually changed again. Like the RPPM went up a little bit, but it's still like how how did that all all go through now and how does it feel now um on live?
1: Yeah, so some of the big changes in 7.15 um, to Marksmanship's core mechanics was uh, first increasing the amount of marking targets procs you get, which is when you arcane or multi-shot, depending on single target or multi-target, you get to cast Markshot, which does a lot of damage. Um, They made Markshot not benefit from Vulnerable, which means that um, it is used more as a vehicle for getting more uh, Vulnerable procs. So instead of sort of um, trying to set up these windows, um, now vulnerable has more like 100% uptime. They also increased its duration from six to seven seconds. Um, although that was mostly due to some gimmicks about um, if you had the right amount of haste, you could fit two or three aim shots into a full vulnerable, which made it a very cyclical rotation. And I guess they didn't want uh, us to char- um, get haste soft caps or anything like that. Um, and yeah, so for vulnerable, they. Yeah, they basically made um, the Patient Sniper talent, which before, it Vulnerable actually used to be a buff that, um, debuff on the target that stacked three times. No one has ever heard of this or played with it, or, and many people don't even know it because uh, Patient Sniper was the mandatory talent, just like Sidewinders for basically a year, um, like both after and before uh, Legion launched. And um, the Patient Sniper talent in seven one basically does what is baseline for vulnerable now, which is remove the stacks and make it pretty short, but much more powerful. And, uh, yeah, they just basically, because it was so overpowered, they couldn't really retune it. So they just made a baseline and now patient sniper is, uh, it increases the damage bonus of vulnerable to your aimed shots, uh, towards the end of the vulnerable and they're trying to emphasize this, uh sniper fantasy, I guess, by timing your aim shot so that they land in the end of the vulnerable phase, and they do the more damage that way.
0: Yeah, it still reads, I'm looking at it on WoWDB right now, it still reads the old version, I guess, where you gain the patience of a veteran sniper, increasing the damage bonus to vulnerable by 10% every one second. So... That's the, the current one. Right, yeah, because every yeah. one second is the new little... Because at the end of it, which is... I, I guess... There's no real travel time to be factored into aim shot, though, is there? Like, you can really fit. Um,
1: in the- uh, it um, it snapshots on when the cast ends, not when it hits the target.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: So if you just get if the cast finishes like zero point zero one seconds before vulnerable uh, vulnerable dust, then you're still fine.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough. Thankfully,
1: thankfully, Helio Helio would be a bitch otherwise.
0: And how about so? we just wrapped up a little bit about BM and marksmanship, but Survival Hunter, Fi, a bit happened to Survival? You got like a whole new mechanic with Waylay, and you got those fancy new trap animations. And speaking of butchery, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, the new butchery animation coming in 7.2 in the patch on the horizon actually isn't just bear thrash. So if you haven't seen that yet, <laughs> Hunters, you should go check that out uh, on YouTube. There are some videos of showing the new animations, but it looks nice. But Fi, how has the 7.1.5 and then the hotfix cycle been for Survival Hunters?
2: Well, to be honest, compared to the Avatars packs, Survival started 7.1.5 quite long. It's just what the amount of pulses an average like Survival is going to put out on Walk of Logs, which shape how community perceives Survival Hunters was quite small, and they weren't very experienced at playing the class. It was kind of undervalued. But overall 7.1.5 started quite slow for survival. Our abilities were at about the light place. Um, Not so much for single target, but much more so for AoE. But we got a blanket buff pretty much to every single ability, except Butchery because it was in a good spot when the patch hit it was in a perfect spot in in the spot it's like right now. Mm-hmm. But we got a welcome wave of buffs, which made us quite strong overall, especially Nighthole. Well and I mean... the new animation for Butchery is amazing. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean they, you said making you better for Nighthold. It's actually really awkward that Nighthold seven of ten bosses have just like adds or cleave like associated with like the core mechanics of every encounter. So, yeah, of course, a class that has really simple and built-in good AoE and cleave that doesn't
2: lose anything from doing so? Hmm. I wonder if they would be good well, in this raid. The thing about that, you'll be surprised. The buffs which came to Wave in 7.5, it got two additional seconds in the. TL-15 talent, which is, right. like, you press Lattles, like, full times, and you get 12% attack power. That helped a lot, the extra two seconds, because before that, it used to be a Nightmare to maintain for AoE. So that's a huge buff to AoE. When you have the full... Fo- well, we'll get to the full piece later, but uh, the single target damage helps for AoE as well, in, in a way, with survival TL piece. No, I... So I... the single target changes helped.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because I remember back in beta when I did all my testing, and I was like, "Wait, the Makathal looks like it definitely is the end-game talent, the most difficult one. But when it was 8 seconds, man, I don't know. That was tough to keep a Raptor Strike, because only procs a Raptor Strike to keep the buff juggling, and you're balancing your plates on sticks. So, yeah, that little extra time, which basically saves you a global. It gives you a little bit extra little wiggle room there. Looks like uh, a great... A great little change but anything you want to talk about waylay because it's it's neat but do you ever really get mm-hmm. to utilize it to its fullest like it's a cool
2: thing yes but... and no at the same time uh waylay is a cool mechanic from the point of view when it's useful it is useful but it's not usually on your mind like the best example which i can provide is probably explosive trap you know when it's way late. The next attack caused by the target which leaders it is going to be a miss. Like right, that right. can be helpful to drop Niclotic on bosses in dungeons, for example. That's like the most obvious one. The freezing club can be useful in Mythic Plus for certain mobs. Because uh, what it does, it allows you to attack the mob for four seconds without breaking the freezing club. So it's like a stun. Yeah. It's like yeah. an actual stun which we lack. The uh,
0: I guess does the um does the explosive trap waylay initial hit? Because I don't know this. If you waylay your explosive trap down and pull a bunch of mobs on top of it, does does every mob miss their first attack or just like one?
2: Um, well, I'm going I'm not... to be honest. I I never played that. Yeah. I presume it's going to be the for all of them because explosive trap deals on everyone, and it doesn't right. say that it legal to enemy, but. Usually, if there's a lot of target, you kind of all go Explosive Club, to be honest, unless you pre really, really far ahead, because you have a battle button to place, and you can guess which button I'm talking about.
0: Uh, sure, right. <laughs> uh, and I guess, so Pass it back over to Azur for a second. What are the in this point five, and then the two following hotfixes, right, the ones uh, last week and the ones tomorrow, or day after tomorrow, what um what would you say are like the key things that hunters out there like beam and uh, BM and marksman in particular should notice or take into account i know there was murmuring that sidewinder's being buffed like oh sidewinder's is back but what are the key things like best or worst things to look forward to um and to to know about uh these uh, hotfix cycles
1: um well of course the main thing going from seven 7-1 one to 715 is that we're so sidewinder's no longer being the best talent um our spread AoE is no longer our threat, uh, our strength, rather. It is um, it is that we have the choice between piercing shot and trick shot, which allows us to do sustained AoE or burst AoE of various kinds, but it's never as spread out as before. Okay. Uh, as for the hotfix cycles uh, of marksmanship, um, what we're getting like in the next patch is basically uh, them trying to address the um, playstyle issues most people have with this new post 7.15 World of Marksmanship, which is um, because the main complaint is I don't want to spam arcane shot all the time just to be able to cast what I actually find fun and does a lot of damage, which is aim shot. Right. Um, so they're buffing the focus uh, generation from both arcane shot and multi shot, so you don't have to spam them as much to gain the same focus. Mm. And then they're buffing uh, sidewinders damage by a pretty healthy amount. Um, to make it, in an attempt to make it um, basically more viable uh, for those people who prefer the old play style, which is a lot. I'm not convinced they will succeed with this because the main uh, issue with Sidewinder is it's not the damage it does; it's the fact that. So this is rather interesting. So before um, the, the cooldown of Sidewinder at a base is 12 seconds, and um, that means you will get on average five casts if you just cast on a cooldown. You'll get uh, five casts per minute. Okay which also roughly happened to be uh, the RPPM of marking targets. So five RPPM um, before haste and everything. So on average, you would always have a um cast available for every marking targets proc. Mm. But in 715, they vastly buffed um, the marking targets um, RPPM chance to 7.2. So, regardless of what you do and you can't control, you won't have enough sidewinders to cast all the marking targets props you get. and That's the main issue with the talent. And buffing its damage does not fix that. So, um, those are a few things to keep in mind, um, especially about this upcoming part. Um, For BM, most of the stuff they've done since the patch has been uh, just basically like um, tuning it, uh, just increasing the damage of its main abilities. Uh, The first hotfix was a 10% kill command damage, which is a pretty healthy amount of damage, maybe like 3 to 4% on its own. And then they buffed Cobra shot damage by almost 50%. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's huge. And it also made um, the way of the Cobra level 15 talent, which increases Cobra shot damage um, by 10% for every pet or guardian you have active. They basically made that the best single target choice which it kind of should be because you look at the, the talents in that uh, tree and you think this is the single target one and then maybe Dire Stable is the uh, AoE one, but before Dire Stable was the best thing in all situations and now they made Wave of the more logically the best choice and also buffing uh, Beast Mastery's damage across the board and the same is going to happen for the se- uh, second hotfix which is um, increasing also base uh, pet damage for Beast Mastery. Basically yeah, they- just trying to make it on, you know, very like they're trying to make it good so that you won't feel bad about, yeah, um, using it.
0: Yeah, it says right here too at the top of the uh, top of the notes is that the combat expertise pet passive now increases damage of your primary pets by sixty percent up from fifty. So yeah. they wanted to be a, a tiny extra benefit to survival and occasionally marksman as well, but it's the primary damage for beast mastery, so it's buffing all of the pet damage across the board, but obviously it, it pe- impacts yeah. Beastmaster the most.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, well, Marksmanship never uses a pet if you use the optimal build. Sure, lone Wolf sure, has sure. been the best for ages, so it doesn't really affect it unless you, are for some reason, not using a, a Lone Wolf at this point. Right. Yeah, so it's just a small, like, it, it reads complicated, but it's just, like, we buffed BM's damage a little bit. I think they also write it in the little developer's note.
0: And there's there's nothing in the 24th tuning changes outside of that uh, combat expertise one. But on the note for Survival Fi, what do you think were the biggest important things that you can make sure you throw out there for all the uh, wannabe survival hunters out there or possibly re-rolling survival hunters to take note from the, uh, the
2: changes recently? What are the key well, things? Out of all the changes which happened to Survival recently. Uh, one important one is the of to cartelops, on, well, basically a 10% nerf. Uh Even after the nerf, it's still the best single target talent, as an AoE talent. Like, that's an important part because everyone asks about that one. Uh, the pet damage buff, which you mentioned before, is nice because, well, it affects franken like so franken like is a big part of your damage, so it's going to be a decent buff overall. But the changes are mostly just like same for Marksman and BM, just increasing the damage of your main abilities like right. Monk's Bite, Explosive Clamp, Lacerate. So it's even more important to keep all your dots loading. Like Caltrop Lightnull, but it's still the best talent.
0: It's weird that in that and I don't, I haven't messed around with Caltrops at all myself yet, but it. I guess it makes sense, though, because you're already going to throw out explosive traps. And then because you replace Tar Trap with Caltrops, you get another... I mean, in this way, another button to press. Survival already has enough of those, but you get another another damage source. And it does count as a real
2: bleed, so it ignores armor, though, correct? Caltrops does? Yeah. Yeah. But it's actually not that hard, because... It lasts for 15 seconds, and lands a dot after it expires because it's an actual effect on the ground. After it expires, it still six for six seconds, so you only need to press it like one, every 20 seconds.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it goes away when the caltro. Okay, okay, okay. I haven't played with it yet on my alt, so that's why I was curious. But that's so it's a little bit easier to rotate that through. And then explosive traps without the um, the talent that. Removed the the lord. The cooldown is gone now out of of gorilla tactics, so more into the talent stuff later. So, I guess you kind of just hit them both roughly when they come off cooldown. So, okay, that's an important thing to note. So, still, still, Crowtrops is good to shift gears slightly. Have you in chat, or of course, the hunters that I'm sitting here with today, what do you think of your tier 20? I'm gonna pop some up the model viewer real quick here. This is the tier 20 set. It's all based out of a, a tier 6 gear, so back in the day, it's sort of a, an homage to it. They're like super high res new versions of it. I I personally think it looks pretty fantastic. I don't know what do you guys think of your of your tier 20 on the horizon here.
1: Um well I have just checked now for the first time and um, oh. I've never I've never <laughs> I've never <laughs> been huge in these things, but on the human and this uh, example screenshot it's maybe not my thing, but um I could imagine the show is looking pretty cool on a knock.
0: Oh, we can change those that. animals. I mean you can yeah, you can you can load up I mean you're you're playing a male troll right now. Yeah, everything
1: looks awful on trolls. I'm just doing it for the DPS to be honest.
0: I mean, it doesn't look too bad. Your the your nose pokes out of the front there, so it looks okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it in the 3D model viewer. You can all look at this in the front page of MMO Champion. You just click on the, the model viewer uh, underneath the different color variants. So obviously there will be multiple color variants, and there's the Mythic one, and then there's like the high-level PvP one, and then there's the four for LFR, Normal, Heroic, and um, something else, apparently, because there's, there's so many other variants on all of these. And they're all on the front page, so that's the mythic version, and you can look at the uh, the non-mythic one as well. There's some pretty significant changes and some awesome graphics in all of these, so you can go check them all out at yourself. But uh, this looks pretty looks pretty good. You like all the moving eyeballs around, Phi? I think it's cool.
2: Yeah, it's only it's only thing is I'm not quite sure there are uh, glones on Isles, but that's that's a minor issue.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. but I
2: mean, it's a Gronn Storkle set, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are definitely no Gronn <laughs> in the Broken Isles for sure, but... Yeah, that's why the set is just... It's based off the old ones. I mean, the Mythic one, you get a new shoulder piece. You get, like, a demon angry mouth shoulder that's, like, wired shut. It looks like a Harry Potter book. <laughs> but I think it look really nice. They're really, really good looking. You can go look at the rest of these. Uh, In particular, I'm not going to plug all of them on the show, but uh, if you play a druid, you want to go model viewer this thing uh, real quick, just, uh, just check that out at your leisure. But they're all on the front page of MMO Champion. They all look ridiculously good. So go check those out if
2: you like. The elo is a nice touch. The elo is a nice touch, I must say. Which one? the The arrow sticking out of the eye
0: oh yeah the arrow yeah it moves when the eye moves too like it's wedged in its head yeah 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 the arrow does move with it that's really cool yeah I might that, that could get like really annoying after a while if you're if you have a weird tendency to not like things that just randomly move on your character but if you like it then so let's move on to beast mastery discussion so we'll break mm-hmm. down So we'll break down a whole bunch of each each section of these is really similar, but we'll break down a whole bunch of stuff a little more nitty-gritty with each spec going forward. So Beast Mastery up first, and then we'll do survival and then marksman to follow. So I had here, how does the big red hunter and pet work out so far in seven one point five? So the rotation on beta for me was my point of contention that it was just really, really boring. For Beastmastery, has that improved or changed at all with anything? Uh, it,
1: <laughs> it hasn't really. Um, oh. Not without the right legendaries, anyway. Um, I think even those who main Beastmastery and really love it, they um, they will also tell you that they would like another button to press or another way to interact with the buttons they press because you're very much a passenger with the, the current rotation. is the very opposite of marksmanship in that sense. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you know, you're managing the cooldown of Kill Command, which you have to hit in cooldown every time, Die Beast and your Focus, which must not go over like 120, so you just cast Cobra Shot to prevent it from doing that. And mm. uh, you replace essentially Cobra Shot with Multi Shot for AoE, so that you spend the same 40 Focus to make your pet do some AoE damage, of which you have very limited control as well. So rotationally, it's uh, it's just not very interesting. But uh, I guess they want that to be the appeal of the spec. However, that works um, mm. because I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think even the best, um, the biggest of PM fans uh, wouldn't mind some more buttons to press.
0: I, I had said, and I can even bring up my old posts. Cause I made huge, like one to two or sometimes three page Google documents to report bugs directly to the dev team and then there were some like feedback blurbs and suggestions in there too because i would live stream all of my testing and get feedback from chat and they would you know tell me this and that or you know what if this did this or whatnot and the one thing that kept coming up over and over and over and over and over again is why is chimera shot not baseline and why is it a flippin talent because when you play with chimera shot the spec has like a back and a forth, like a push and a pull, right? Like you can build no. and then you can spend and then you can build and then you can spend. But without this, and Chimera Shot isn't even that great as a talent because, uh, lol stomp um stomp. It, its that a similar thing? I'm not wrong in this, right? Is that an echoed community-driven thing that you've heard about too on your side of the Yeah, window? that was...
1: That was definitely the most uh, common feedback to hear around when uh, Beastmaster released. Uh, we want Chimera Shot, we want another button to press and um, we don't have any way to influence our focus regen except uh, Waiting and the Aspect of the Wild which is the most boring cooldown conceivable. Um, and uh, Chimera Shot would have been ideal for that. But instead it's uh, sharing a tier with two other very good talents which means it'll al- almost never be taken. In the latest um, hotfix, they uh, buffed its damage by 10%, which made it, you know, you can use it, but it's still not the best option for any one scenario. Um, because Stomp has historically been extremely overpowered, and um, they also buffed Dire Frenzy to do be the best single-target uh, spec.
0: Hmm. There's there's a button joke in here, and I'm going to ask Fi real quick. Have you dabbled mm. in Beast Mastery at all and gone from playing and mating survival to BM, and just like, it's a whole different... You just take off like half your keybinds.
2: Yes, I did, because for some bosses, in NML of Nightmare, the Mythic, for example, uh, couldn't go melee, so I had to oh. play either MM or BM. Um, I would say BM is definitely the easiest of two specs, even back then, but it's the most boring spec in the world. Because you're pretty much waiting for land and blocks from Dial Beast. And like yeah. You you have two cooldowns which you pull plus as soon as they're up and that's it. Is it still like that? Probably. Mm.
0: (laughs) It's only unfortunate. And that's not just me blowing smoke out of my butt then too, so alright. What um walk me through some talent stuff though, Azur and let me give you some ideas and some some thoughts on the different ones. And if you want to like throw out like a Mythic Plus AOE-ish build versus a uh, a raiding build, go for it. What yeah. kind of what kind of yeah, what kind of talent builds are we talking about here for uh for BM?
1: All right. Well, starting from the top, um, a generic raiding setup for most situations would be. Um either way wave the cobra or die stable in the level 15 tier. Wave the cobra is, as I talked about earlier, it's the best single target choice. It's um, based on increasing your cobra shot damage, but in an AoE fight you won't be using cobra shot as much. Um, and instead you'll be sort of much more focus limited because you'll want maximum uptime on uh, Multi shot, uh, beast cleave rather, which is activated by multi shot, and that's why the die stable focus uh, regen increase is better for AoE in general, and also because she will just be casting this cobra shots and not benefit from wave to cobra as much. Okay. Uh, moving on, die frenzy is, as uh, so we talked about, the best single target choice, unless you have the two beast bonus, in which case the two piece bonus, which um, basically increases the damage of your die beasts when uh, best of wrath is up um doesn't affect die frenzy because die frenzy replaces Dia beast which is a summon with uh, what is basically an attack so there's nothing to increase the damage of and that's a very bad design oh, like it, oversight I'd say
0: it doesn't it, I I guess I'll, i can bring those up right now and jump ahead cuz yeah you, so the two piece mm. bonus on the eagle eagle talon battle gear is Dire beast reduces the cooldown of beast Giraffe by an additional 8 seconds
1: uh, so it, actually it's the other way around uh, uh, so it, it's uh, the two pieces when you use bestial wrath like the four piece in your notes is the actual two piece
0: Oh, they flip them around yeah. on the pe- yeah. Oh did they okay?
1: Yeah, so um, but it says when you use bestial wrath all currently summoned diabetes gain 50% increased damage for 15 seconds
0: So you can't Which is
1: a bit funny Because die uh, diabetes only lasts eight seconds. So yeah, it's just
0: oh But, but well, yeah, okay, so then you, you just can't take Dire Frenzy once you get your, your two piece, then? It doesn't work. There's does no like.
1: It does nothing swap. for it. It's not oh. a set bonus. It doesn't do anything. So, yeah, GG. But it's okay because uh, Stomp and Dire Frenzy are pretty close in single target to begin with. And uh, for any sort of AoE, Stomp is just ridiculous, both for bursty AoE and for just like, yeah, keeping up the AoE damage. Okay. And so, uh, Stomp is going to be the natural Mythic Plus setup in all situations. All right. Um, I guess we're skipping over the, uh, well, I want to do the movement tier 45.
0: So movement tiers for me are always just like, usually just, you know, pick your poison kind of thing. And there anything about, is there any shenanigans with any of these? I know there was something about how like post haste can really be really good on certain encounters where you can actually remove boss debuffs. But I don't know if it's anything that egregious just yet.
1: Yeah, I guess it's efficient to talk about because it's just shared tier between BM and marksmanship. Sure. Um, so, yeah, post haste is the default choice, um, partly because of its actual movement uh, mobility benefits, but also because it causes disengage to free you of all the uh, roots and snares and everything like that. And it can let you uh, break certain uh, like abilities um, and do them solo. For example, um, and relevant right now, the Bond and Gulden, you can solo that using a. Uh, using turtle and then post haste to break the root and then also move out of your own circle.
0: Ah, okay, very good, yeah. very good.
1: Uh, fast rider is uh, it relies on you to um, crit to re- um, reset the remaining cooldown and disengage. And if you're pro- uh, doing progression, that's not really you. You can't really use that for much because it's too inconsistent. Unless you like, it's a decently high chance and uh, it will reduce the um, cool like the cooldown and disengage by a fair amount on average but you can't rely as much on it. And if you're disengaging, you'd usually want that mobility increase, that speed increase after, and that's why post-haste is better. And Trailblazer, I guess, is good for running between packs in a survival in dungeons. Yeah. But it basically increases your movement speed uh, out of combat.
0: I Trailblazer on my survival Hunter. It feels good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's yeah, it it's that's all it does. But okay, what's up? What's next? Yeah. Uh,
1: level 60 is actually... Mildly interesting. So, bestial fury increases the damage of um, ban- damage bonus of your bestial wrath, makes it more powerful, which is best for single target. And then there's blink strikes, which uh, increases the damage of your pet's um, basic attacks, which is important distinction to make from um, auto attacks. Basic attacks are the bite and claw and smack, depending on the uh, pet race you have. Uh, and that's what you pick for uh, Mythic Plus or any sort of AOE because it enhances the effects of Beast Cleave more powerfully than uh, Bestial Fury does.
0: Does it affect one? It wouldn't affect Stomp though, right? It just affects their innate pet abilities, correct?
1: Yeah, it's yeah okay. because only your primary pets use the basic attack, smack, claw, and bite. Okay. Um, one interesting caveat is the one with the pack talent, so it's not worth using. Unless you have the mantle of command legendary shoulders, which gives uh, die Beast two charges, and with one of one with the, it basically increases the chance for you to get a, um, a, re, a cooldown reset on die beast very regularly. And um, die beast also reduces the cooldown on um, bestial wrath whenever you use it. So if you have two charges and you use one with the pack, and you constantly get resets, and you can constantly like. String them up. You get so much cooldown reduction and bestial wrath that it's actually the best choice for single target it, instead of bestial fury.
0: It feels like you with the with the legendary that gives you proc protection, kind of like echo of the elements for a shaman, like an elemental shaman yeah. having the 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 protection of not wasting a proc. Then yeah, that makes sense. Then if you raise your proc chance, then you want to make sure that. Um, with the legendary, then you actually can not waste it. Yeah. Okay.
1: You'll also hear a lot of feedback about like how those shoulders should be um, baseline because of those effects yep. and because it's way more fun and it we... gives you doesn't give you another button to play with, but it gives you the same button to press twice <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> okay, it's worth it. Okay. Uh, level seventy-five is a utility tier, and it's uh, pick your poison. Though in almost all raiding cases, you'd pick binding shot. It's good for the lashes and botanist. Uh, yeah. Just pick Binding Shot. And then uh, if you ever feel like you need something else, pick Wivenstinger Intimidation. Yep. Uh, level 90. Uh, so what they did in with Barrage in 715 is that it was basically best for all situations as marksmanship before. Cross um, was a bit better for pure single target, but that doesn't really exist. Well, it does exist, but it's very rare. Mm. Uh, so they basically made it so that Barrage doesn't do more damage to the primary target than all targets around it. So instead of being sort of targeted at one target and then AoE around it, Barrage is just full-on YOLO. You don't even have to um, have a target to cast it anymore. So it just fires like indiscriminately at all enemies around you.
0: Yeah, the new, the new Barrage animation coming in patch 7.2 looks yeah. and really translates that with the talent. It looks yeah. ridiculously cool, but it is just essentially just... You are shooting straight ahead, and bullets are just flying out of everywhere in front of you in this giant, like, one twenty-degree arc in front of your character, at <laughs> yeah. everything in front of you. So, yeah, okay, it's because right now it you shoot the main target, and then like random bullets fly out of you toward the other ones. But yeah. the new animation really helps this ability for sure.
1: Yeah, and it means that. Um now that it doesn't really do meaningful single target damage, that you only pick it if you want that indiscriminate mass bursty AoE, which is not very often. But when it happens, it's kind of nice. Uh, imagine, like, if you just want to pet meters and Spellblade a Um Barrage might be a pick if the things die very quickly uh, in terms of just, like, getting as much AoE out in this, the shortest amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting caveat, and I won't go on too long about it, don't worry, um, is that Barrage... So Barrage used to hit um, the main target 16 times and it fired 16 arrows in all other directions to all other targets. And those 16 arrows would deal 50% less damage than they did to the main target. But because RNG is what makes um, video games really fun, they made it so that (laughs) instead of uh, the other arrows, the non-main target arrows doing um, half damage, they just uh, made them do full damage with a 50% chance to actually hit. So you hmm. could get a lot of damage, but you could also do so. You don't actually get an AOE if you're unlucky, instead of they do a hundred percent damage, 50% of the time, instead of 50% damage, a hundred percent of the time.
0: So that, that and, that's the new version. That's what it is does now. That's...
1: Um, well, yeah, that's the thing, because now that is when they move the, um, the sort of main target effect that is now the effect all the time. So, you could, in theory, cast Barrage on a target, see all the arrows fly, and none of them will hit the target.
0: Okay. I mean, this, this,
1: yeah, there's 16 chances of 50%, so you're pretty likely to get a few, but you're not very necessarily likely to get uh, all 16 hits. You're more likely to get, on average, 8. So, yeah, that's fun.
0: I not mean, big. it... It does say in the tooltip, dealing an average of math yeah. physical damage to all enemies in front of you. Okay.
1: Yeah, that, that's not that's not like a funny wording. That's actually very accurate. And it's, it's like it's unbelievable to me that it, that's how it works. And I don't know why. I guess they want to make it very frantic and unpredictable. I don't know. I guess. Anyway. Uh, the rest of level 90. So, Volley is the best AoE talent. It's very close to um, a Murder of Crows in many situations. Um, it basically just makes all your auto auto shots um, also do a bit of AoE damage. And Murder of Crows is, um, as we know it, one minute cooldown. Does kind of a lot of damage over 15 seconds. Uh, the cooldown resets if you kill the target with it. Murder of Crows for single target, Volley for most AoE. Sort of a mythic plus, you would go Volley usually unless it's sort of a tyrannical dungeon where you're dealing with, like, or you're p- trying to kill specific monks very quickly. Sure. You can uh, keep re- setting uh, Murder of Crows and you can switch it around. Depends Sounds on good. the specific needs of your thing. Level 100 is um, mostly a case of Stampede versus Killer Cobra. So, Stampede is uh, not like the Stampede of old where it summoned your stables and did a lot of damage on single target. It's now, like, it just throws, like, a sue It's like a, yeah, it's like a Sidewinder's but in a straight line and it's a zoo instead of just one snake um, and it does a lot of damage to everything that it hits it's the one of the most crazy birds retail it's not kind of like the um, beast mastery at the butchery except it's <laughs> on a three minute cooldown And it's, yeah, nearly it's,
0: it's like a column and the column yeah. colonnade of, of animals starts behind the hunter. And then goes forward like twenty yards, I think, or twenty-five yards. I can't remember from beta testing it. But what that's what's weird about it, I thought it was funny, is it doesn't start at the hunter, it starts behind you. Yeah. So So there's a
1: bit of positioning involved. Yeah. And you would only really use it for if you're just like trying to get your fifty-four traits and you're doing a lot of more souls and really trying not to uh to harm yourself over it. And right. you can have a bit of fun with uh doing a lot of the burst AoE damage to the first pack and the pack on the boat and everything. But in almost every other scenario, you would pick killer cobra because kill command does a lot of damage and it gives you more. It doesn't feel very nice to use, um, because no matter regardless of what it basically does so that during Best of the Wrath, using Cobra Shot resets the cooldown on kill command, which is your main nuke. So you might uh, build up your focus, you know, best of the wrath is coming up. You want to start it with a full focus pass. So you have the most resources. And you open it with um, the Best of Wrath with a Kill Command, and then you Cobra, and then you can Kill Command again, and then you can Cobra, Kill Command again, until you run out of focus about halfway through the Best of Wrath, and you're back to waiting for your focus to regen again. But that's the best way, because Kill Command does a ridiculous amount of damage. It's, it contributes about 30-35% of your single target damage. Wow. So, yeah. Aspect of the Beast, um, so we talked about this in the pre-show. Um, for Ferocity, which is your pet DPS spec, it um, it uh, just causes kill command to also do a bit of extra dot damage, but this dot damage cannot crit, and it does miserable damage uh, to start with. So you don't pick it for any situation. It's just the damage increase that doesn't require you to think at all. And that's sort of its role, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I was going to bring Fi into this one as well, because this talent is shared amongst... Mm-hmm. The uh, the Hunter Specs, so... And this is not jumping ahead because we'll just cover it now because we will have to cover it when we go to your You have the same thing, right? You have Aspect of the Beast for survival. And I thought it was really weird. We talked about this on the pre-show when we were setting up, that how or why, in what world, does this bleed that happens on the Ferocity Kill Command or for survival's Flanking Strike, how does this bleed... Not crit.
2: D- uh, uh, um, game design. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same game design in which one of your talents doesn't work with two set. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, mm. I yeah, I there's did, no good explanation. I did not know this un- until setting up the show yesterday. Chat. I was like, okay, so it's just like the easy talent. You just get a bleed whenever you. So it's up all the time, but then I. It doesn't crit. Like, I don't know why. So. I don't. Because it doesn't. It's just, not gonna, it, it,
2: hmm, go ahead. It just doesn't crit, and that's why it's always miserable. Like, I talents, even if we are well, less tuned than we are, and well, good. Like, the cobble is amazing for survival, and I will start... Amazing will be me. Yeah, the other. Even if it could crit, it still doesn't do enough damage to be viable. And the n- not creating scenario is what drives the nails into the coffin.
0: There's, there's yeah. just this, there's just this thing that I've seen um, when I made my big 7.1.5 feedback post for like the core problems with uh, mostly talent design for enhancement shaman. I pinpointed three in particular. One of them being Sundering, aka blundering. Because the talent has virtually no scaling with anything on my character, attack power, critical strike, versatility. But there's no master scaling, there was no haste scaling, there's nothing to do with haste reducing the cooldown for you know cooldown reduction scaling either. So these talents that I, that I find, and it's no surprise, Aspect of the Beast, maybe it's good for PvP. Because it has the whole, like, cunning and tenacity bonus, because you can make your pet tank a little better, or the cunning is that you can make the movement speed when you do the, um, um, the master and pet thing, whatever. I guess it might work there, but it's these talents from a PvE standpoint for, like, doing damage, your job, right, that have really just flubbed scaling never get picked. And I wonder why that is.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a joke, uh, these these few talents. Um luckily we don't have as many of them. Right. That are just completely uh, like illogically badly tuned, awful, like in inexplicably terrible or badly designed, There. Yeah. Very
0: unfortunate. Sex. Yeah. Well all right, I'm kicking this over to you. We kind of already went through the Eagle Talon battle gear a little bit, but how about uh some notes on legendary items or trinkets.
1: So- yeah, So uh, yeah, I've brought it up in a few contexts already. Uh, the legendary shoulders for Beast Mastery are ridiculously overpowered for any sort of scenario. Gives you two charges of Die Beast, which is both a massive single target increase. It increases your focus, uh, the focus return you get because Die Beasts give you focus. So you get twice as much of that. And uh, with Stomp, Die Beasts also do significant amounts of AoE damage. So... It's the best legendary. It's very overpowered. If you have it, just, just play BM. Um, <laughs> okay. And, and that's followed by um, a Raw of the Seven Lions, which is uh, the legendary belt for BM, uh, which um, reduces the, the focus cost of all your spenders by uh, 15% during Brestal Wrath, which doesn't sound like that much, but that's mostly because the other legendaries are kind of mediocre. Well, that, um, would,
0: that would really help Killer Cobra out then because then yeah. both things that you're going back
1: and forth yeah. hitting are Yeah, you cheaper. can do it so. for longer, essentially. Uh, it used, right, okay. but basically, where used to be baseline, it also reduced the focus cost of your spenders, but now it just increases your damage done. Right. Then there's the um, Kepler Erdun War Order <laughs> boots that um, reduce the cooldown of kill command every time you use beast. Um By three seconds, basically. So it, it's a lot of... Um, it's a lot of keeping kill command and cooldown all the time so that you can benefit the most from that cooldown reduction. And it's a pretty good single target legendary, but for multi-targets, com- it's completely useless uh, compared to the above options. Call of the Wild is a shared uh, survival beastmaster legendary and it reduces the cooldown of your aspects, by uh, your aspect of the abilities by um, 50, uh, 35%. And um, because Beast Mastery spec specific aspect cooldown, which is aspect of the wild is so terrible. This is not a very good legendary uh, aspect of the wild gives you 10 focus per second for 10 seconds and 10% crit chance. And there's nothing more to it. Uh, it's a decent for both. It it's not decent. It's a equally mediocre for both single target and AoE um, because of course it gives you the focus you need to keep up beast cleave and also cast kill command on AoE. mm mm-hmm. Um, but as Fy will tell you a bit later, uh, it's very good for survival. A
2: little
1: bit. Yeah. Um, and you say trinkets as in the main trinket for uh, for BM.
0: Yeah, I was bringing up... So I was bringing up the... Uh, if you're seeing this in the B-roll section next to me, chat yeah. the Icy Veins guide. All the Icy Veins guides, I mean, I think almost all of them should all be updated right now to 715. And if there are yeah. any... Updates to them based on the uh, hotfixes coming up very soon. Of course, they'll be updated. So if you want to check out like a written post for this, go check that up. I was going to bring up your the the um the trinket sims real quick here, so check and have a visualization. So yeah, I mean y- you actually have a ascending scale of eye levels here. Normally trinket sims are all the same eye level, but this is
1: helpful as well. But um
0: yeah, t- tell me about draught of souls. What is this
1: <laughs> this this okay, like- so that's a bit complicated, and it's possibly very likely due to uh, SimCraft not incorporating the fact that... Um, so it's a melee trinket, essentially. Right. Uh, or it's meant for melee, and it drops from Gul'dan. And um, basically, you press it in melee, it has a short cooldown, and it does a ton of damage in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Fury of the Eagle for everyone. Uh And ranged can use it if they feel like going into melee, which is not as big of a problem for Beastmastery because it has unlimited mobility, Mm -hmm. but uh, it does reduce damage for for ranged specs. And that makes it not as good as the Sims would indicate, but that remains to be fixed in SimCraft. So if we look past that, we got the Night Blooming Front, uh, which essentially like amplifies you through your auto attacks. And convergence of fates, which um, is essentially a cooldown reduction on Aspect of the Wild, our mediocre cooldown, um, uh, every so often based on our PPM, which is free for Beast Mastery, I believe. Um, and we've just about talked about how mediocre Aspect of the Wild is, so it's actually not a very good trinket but it's still our best trinket, unfortunately. So that says a bit about how no trinket really stands out as very good for BM.
0: I suppose that the problem with Aspect of the Wild in itself is like the two-minute cooldown and ten-second duration. I suppose if you do make it happen more often, it does raise its sinking potential to be a little more worth it. But yeah, by itself. So, I mean, how Convergence of Fates which I'm sure we'll talk about with the other specs a little bit too, possibly, or other shows in the future, is mm. very different for almost every single specialization in the game. So yeah. is the RPPM for BM okay? Like how many seconds does it take off on average per like uh,
1: cycle? I mean, per like, cycle, uh, 20 to 40 seconds. Of course, it's RPPM, so you can get ridiculously lucky and there will always be outliers, but yeah. Um yeah, that's basically it. It's way more powerful for marksmanship, as we'll talk about later. Um and that is the night blooming front, which is it's a trinket, it's not very good, but it's it's best in slot because you know it's it drops from the night hold and it has a high item level. Um because uh, Haste is very powerful, the Ursoc Trinket Bloodthirsty Instinct is one of the best trinkets you can get for its eye level. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a fledgling uh, beastmastery hunter, you should probably do a Mold Nightmare Heroic Mythic Pucks to try and get a Bloodthirsty Instinct. Yeah. Because uh, it will probably be quite, because it's the her- mythic version of it is better than a Heroic Night Blooming Front. And also, uh, stat sticks are powerful for BM, so it's both powerful for all specs to an extent really. So uh, mastery and uh, haste stat sticks are good for BM. Yeah.
0: Until Blizzard, they there was a post about Nighthold trinket power, and that's what I was telling the uh, my guild the other day when we were clearing our splits. Is that this trinket looks kind of garbage, but in before a week from now, it's the best trinket in the game. So because yeah. they they some of the trinkets are really bad that the shock baton out of dps is like half of them a world quest trinket from suesh so no. yeah um how about some more direct questions here um we went over the four piece a little bit mostly in the way that you just can't take dire frenzy but um both of the bonuses work out well in the end though right they're they're not bad Right? They're, they're pretty yeah,
1: powerful. yeah, BMZ bonuses are pretty good, um, with the exception of the server oversight that forces you into stomp whenever, well, as soon as you got the two piece,
0: Sure.
1: which appears as the four piece on Wild I think. Um, um, yeah, and then uh, Diabetes reduces the cooldown of Bested Wrath by an additional eight seconds. So, especially again with the shoulders and one with the pack, you can get, you can string, like, you can actually get Bested Wrath's cooldown down to roughly its duration, which means you can string this Mm. uh, 20% damage buff, not indefinitely, but like a lot. And um, yeah, this, it it kind of fixes a lot of the issues with the spec. It makes it more fun anyway, Um, but you might get a bit sick of, um, because you're probably used to, uh, Best of Wrath has a low cooldown already, and you're probably used to doing, you know, the Cobra kill command, Cobra kill command, Mm -hmm. and this is just going to make you do that even more. Uh, but you're gonna have a bit more focus to do it.
0: So what four pieces, barring legendaries getting in the way, what four pieces are the most optimal for BM?
1: Uh, so you want the helm. You want the, um, yeah, you probably want the cloak. And then you want the, uh, what's it called? The gauntlets. And then you want the leg piece. Um, this is just because like they work out to be the best pieces versus the other options you can have for off pieces. And it is because a lot of people, uh, especially like those who have been doing a lot of Mythic Plus, they will have the uh, Court of Stars Arcway set bonus, uh, which of oh. course necessitates the um, shoulders from Court of Stars.
0: True. But even
1: if you ignore that exists, the, then you still uh, want uh, to leave your um, chest and shoulder pieces open. It's interesting
0: that you didn't, because uh, normally the rule of thumb, to my knowledge, because of just raw stat budgeting, Helm, chest, pants are always the three best. So it's weird that you actually did not include the chest directly, but you said the gloves. So there's just a better, oh. just a better chest that you can p- yeah. pick up offset. That's that's more yeah. worth it.
1: And it's yeah, and it helps that it's from the very first boss. And oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, in Nighthold, um, certain items uh, like the lower tier bosses, they don't drop quite as high a level as the upper tier ones. Mm-hmm. And even though chest is a high budget item. Uh, the Arcano Arcano Sheetin, I don't know, Holberg uh, from Scorpion um, is basically ideal for piece mastery. It has a, it is a basically a mastery awaited mastery haste chess piece. Okay. Um, while the tier chest is a haste versatility with a lot of versatility, I believe.
0: All right. Well, it's wrap up time for the BM part of the show, so. Rule of thumb: What's your secondary stat priority, and then if you have any other like tips or suggestions for BM hunters out there? So
1: the short version: Mastery, haste, crit, versatility. With uh, mastery and haste being further above the other two, then mastery is above haste, and all of that. If you have the legendary shoulders, there's a lot of. If you have the legendary shoulders involved in BM. Uh, then you might prefer crit to an extent. And uh, crit mastery, um, you would basically push down haste a bit to uh, have more crit instead. Okay. Um, because um, it, because crits increase your attempts to get a uh, die beast cool and resets essentially. But yeah, that's basically BM stats.
0: Sounds good to me. Anything else you wanted to leave BM hunters with out there that they may or may not know about or that they
1: should remember uh nothing really stands out unfortunately i'm trying to think but uh if you just like if you if you just follow the basic intuition of the spec it's uh it's probably one of the easiest specs in the game uh, i think i can say that without getting lambasted and uh
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah.
1: and if you have to show this great because then it's also a good spec
0: sounds good to me well, all right then well, we have come to the middle-ish. Oops, that's the wrong button. We've come to the middle of the show here as I hit the wrong binding. And I wanted to take a moment to to plug a few things that you may or may not have heard about. And some announcements, of course. And then we'll come back and we'll do Survival Hunter. And then wrap the show with a... do it the MM at the end. So, well, we'll cover all three specs, of course. But I just plugged in chat... Um, that was muted for like a second. Yeah. Yeah, the muted part of the show. Um, I just plugged in chat the channel and Discord guide. So, this is a huge resource that I uh, put together with a, a viewer of mine that you may or may not know about. i plugged this for a very long time because I am a Discord partner. So if you are not in the Discord channels, they're all right here. You just click on the icon and then the Discord link pops up and you can join the channel. So, of course, the Hunter one, True Shot Lodge, or Meme Shot Lodge, or True Meme Lodge, whatever you want to call it, it exists. You can join the Discord channel for the Hunters. You can check the pins, the FAQs, and join in in the the spam. I think I heard that they made a a separate channel to post nonsense in to keep the stuff out of the main channels. But uh, you can check that out there. Of course, all the current social media and ways to support the show, and then music I use on the stream, and then my schedule... And then other resources are all posted here uh, on the sides and everything like that too. So this is where also on the bottom you can go and browse through the World First shows, the developer interviews I've had before, and then of course upcoming shows are all going to be put here as well as the alpha and beta coverage. It's all categorized here. BlizzCon and coverage here. You can go back. It's actually kind of funny. There is... um. So if you go back to the last season when I had dev interviews that are uh, that are down here... There's been some recent comments on these on YouTube of what like Ian or Celestalon or Chris Zerhut said back in, you know, these patches way back in the day. And to see like what has come true and what has been just like totally lambasted and just like totally forgotten about. It's interesting if you want to take a blast in the past and go back to these old dev interviews. But they're all posted here at the bottom, all the different tabs are all here at the bottom for you. So that's a huge resource, if you haven't utilized it, it's right here in chat. And then, bringing up Patreon real quick, there is a huge rework on the show's Patreon page coming very soon. What I wanted to make a new announcement about is that I've talked about it on the broadcast a couple of times, and the first one is recorded, it will be going up online shortly, At the... I've changed my mind with this, and it's going to be posted up soon, but I assure you it's there now. At the $5 pledge or above, if you want to support the broadcast, the live shows, the side content, all of it, there will be additional podcasts that are only available at a link if you are pledging five or more to support uh, Final Boss TV and everything that happens here. So these extra podcasts are essentially the the behind-the-scenes or the meet-and-greet of the show. So if you have a $5 pledge or more, there will be a post that you'll be able to see. And you'll be able to get a link to listen to the show. Of course, $2 or more gets you the show notes. You could follow along on the show. But the meet and greets are now being recorded that I sit down with the guests before the show. And it's an unscripted, like an hour long, just talk. And you get to hear a whole bunch of different stuff. Different just like takes on things, setting up questions and whatever so if you want more of the guests that I interview, that is going to be a extra benefit to you. So on average, you'll get three to four of those extra a month on top of, of course, the main show being there. There'll be no advertisements on the videos because you're already supporting the show directly anyway. So that is happening soon. So I wanted to get that out there that some of you have always asked, like, where the after shows go or where like the more casual kind of stuff goes. Well, that's moving over to, to there. And then you'll have access to those only if you have access to that that Patreon post. So that would be up for you. But the the Hunter one is already recorded. It'll be online. It's like an hour and eighteen minutes long of Fi, Azur, and I just talking about the show notes and then just like ranting and tangenting. It's so that's how they're gonna be. And if you want that, an unscripted version of the show essentially, then those are available for you over there. Links below for the Patreon link. But that's all I gotta plug other than the fact that the social medias, the Twitter, and the uh, Twitch links for our guests today are on their lower thirds on the show. So you can go follow them on there and bother them there, of course, too. Is that, as are you, you're here, right? Yeah, I'm here. Is that true about, like, the meme channel in the True Shot Lodge? It
1: was there for a while, but it's not there anymore.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: because then we got buffed, and then, you know, uh, there was a lot of reposting, and we we can't have that.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> I <laughs> heard pieces, about that. Sweet oh. <laughs> but that, that is that. Um, I wanted to... Re- I had to just confirm that real quick. But on the topic of Patreon, I want to make a, a special thank you to Truffles, Pally, and Ludovicus for continuously supporting as an assistant producer for the show. Thank you very much. For your continued support. Directly. All these many moons going forward. Alright. So I'm going to talk about. Survival Hunter. Let me change my scene here. And bring up the Survival Hunter stuff. Are you ready Phi, To talk about the best Hunter spec? I mean the most fun Hunter yep. spec? I mean the highest damaging Hunter? I mean.
1: <laughs> hmm, Thinking? The Hunter <laughs> spec.
0: <laughs> so first off Phi. Fi, the Welcome to Melee, How do Survival Hunters Pan Out, um, I mean, I, I put in here on the notes that dispel the stigma of a melee hunter if possible. Now, obviously, not every raid can bring more melee, and sacrificing a ranged for more melee doesn't always work in mythic settings, but, I mean, you're doing it right now. So, how walk me through this weird transition period that hunters have had and how survival works out.
2: Well, survival overall is in pretty good spot for a melee, we have a lot of mobility with Disengage, Harpoon and Cheetah, like most, more than most Marys. Um totally still overpowered. It's not bubble of course, but it's a nice utility for melee specialty. As a melee spec, the only thing it lacks... As a melee spec is a stun single target or aoe stun that's the only thing we don't have which can be of an issue sometimes mm-hmm. but overall like we have mobility we have single target damage we have some utility in cases of melee. like i had reports of melee actually working on some late bosses on some mechanics uh, which is kind of funny but overall like it's not bad it's not awful being a melee because we have such a good utility in face of Harpoon, like, for example, Gul'dan Heloic. Like, you know, the second empowered type of Gul'dan in the last phase, you can instantly get the with Harpoon, because it's such a long range, instantly gets you well. Mm-hmm. And you can use Disengage in a plethora of ways, and you have other, like, mobility. It's it's very nice.
0: Yeah, that's the, that, I guess that's the, one of the biggest things to bring up right off the bat, is that it's it's not as mobile as like a demon hunter. They're just can fly rush everywhere or eventual retreat, you know, in reverse to get somewhere. But yeah, harpoon cheetah, and then you have your personal self heal, and of course turtle. And then uh, do you ever? And I guess technically, if you ever did land the killing blow on something, then your your hunting party would proc too to get the self heal as well. So it it brings mobility, but definitely doesn't... It has a slow, I guess. You have a slow in tar trap, Yes, in tar face tar of catapults. Yeah.
2: But that's it. No hard CC, though. No hard CC. Unless you count really freezing trap, but... Let's be honest, it's not really reasonable in some, most late situations. Right. In some of these, because you can, you know, well, the ant is going to spawn. But not enough.
0: So then how about... Walk me through some talent pros and cons here. Maybe talk about the difference between like a, a Mythic Plus spec versus a Raid spec would look like. So, and then we can walk me through the Survival Hunter talent tree, if you could, sir.
2: Well, first we have level 15 talents. It's Animal Instincts, Flowing Axis, and Way of the Mokna Obviously, we talked about this. The best single target and talent is Way of Mokna it gives you straight up 12% attack power, it's best in pretty much every single scenario. But that being said, Animal Instincts, with the cooldown reduction it provides, is still a valid choice in both lading and mythic dungeons, because not a lot of people enjoy reptile striking every 10 seconds to keep the buff up. Both are viable and have negligible enough for most people difference, unless you're a mythic ladle. In which case, you should use Mokna
0: Is there a? I was When I was playing Tinkery, my little survival hunter project, I was told that there is a haste amount you want to make with the Thal feel and work better. Is that still the case with the additional two seconds added to the
2: duration? Yes, but we'll get to that in a very specific way when we get to stats because was a very important thing between haste and survival hunters. Okay, sure. I'll wait for that later then. Okay, continue. Uh the level okay, flowing access, it's not really viable. It does damage, it does enough damage to be decent if you're playing heroic or normal. But at the high item level point it becomes useless. Like it doesn't scale well enough to be a viable option, so you should avoid it. It was and good. It, should be noted,
0: it was good earlier on, but I guess it changed recently with the, the the differences in the buffs in the class, yeah?
2: Yes and but it should be noted it's the only range ability which does damage uh, except explosive Clap. okay when we have level 30 talents model of clouds Mortal wounds snake hunt let's start with clouds it's the same deal as with bm and marksman um they don't do enough damage in my opinion to justify them in night hold they used to be really good because them all was mostly single target but the thing about the talents model of clouds is Single target, but it resets if the target dies within its duration. Mortal wounds, each time the celery does damage, you, you have 2% chance to get an additional mongoose bite. And these three, except for the Kraus, it should be mentioned, is all about mongoose bite recharge. Like, mortal wounds, snake huntle, they give mongoose bite. The Kraus do not. And that's an important thing. Yeah. It's Why? A, it's weird. Yes. It's important because of the false set. When you have six stacks of mongoose Fury, you get twenty percent damage increasing buff. So in Nighthold at least, Snake Huntle is a default choice. And in Mythic Plus, it's a default choice because it allows you to reach six stacks more consistently. Mm. It does similar damage because mongoose bite does something like eight hundred K on average for decently killed person. So it's yeah. the same as Klaus over the same amount of time. For the the most part, like, you can find situations where Klaus are going to be slightly ahead. And then
0: I guess, I had to ask about this too. Mortal Wounds before the 715 was pretty blah. Because you could only have one Lacerate up, but Lacerate now has no cooldown. Does that put a little more, like, would you cross Lacerate and, like, dump your focus bar? to proc more mongoose charges?
2: Is that any good? Not really, unless you have the legendary ring, which allows you to split Dracelate and refresh it with Kalk oh. or Butchery. If you have the ring, Mortal Wounds is an acceptable choice on council fights. Think High Botanist. Okay. But otherwise, it's not good for single target, because 2% is just... It's It ends up to being about the same as Snake huntle, but you cannot control it. As well, okay. And that's in the bottom. Uh the movement talents, do you want me to go over them? If there's anything to note, mean we kind of noted of what
0: post haste uh, they recently just gave survival disengage. This did not exist before, so now you can actually mm-hmm. have disengage, and you already have harpoon. So, like it, you
2: can get uh- forward and backward. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, Post Haze is slightly worse for survival when it's for other specs because it blocks off of Halpoon and not Disengage because it Disengage is a talent in the tier sure. 3, obviously. Um, in most cases I would recommend using Disengage because it's just the iconic, it's the most easy to use, it's the most convenient, it's only 20 second cooldown. In Mythic Plus, for some dungeons you would take Blazel. it's not an awful choice. But disengage, I think, definitely beats post case in most scenarios, especially in night hold. Where there's some heavy abilities which you need to dodge instantly, and harpooning to the boss can kill you in night hold, in ridiculous amount of ways.
0: Well, because you harpoon to like the center of their
2: model normally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah. Also, a funny thing, or a little bit of topic, on Alessandra: if you use harpoon and you touch night well, you instantly die. That's a uh, funny. ...piece of trivia information for you. Oh, the, uh, if you touch the Nightwell in the middle? Yes, because it pushes you through the middle... ...and you touch the Nightwell... ...and oh. it's considered an insta-kill in oh. the game's eyes. <laughs> okay. So never that, use halpoon on Alessandro.
0: That's similar to how Feral Lunge works. So uh, Feral Lunge puts you in the middle of the boss's model... Uh, ...or where their middle model was... ...no matter if they're moving or not... ...in the last, like, half a second or whatever. So if they're not moving, though... You can feral lunge as an enhanced shaman right to the to the mob. But yeah, I've had that moment where I've feral lunged and gotten pushed into yeah, it's or you ferro lunge right to her, but it's where she was, and I've run through multiple of the orbs and almost gotten like totally one shot. So yeah, I, <laughs> I I feel the pain of, of the harpoon uh I guess AI or how it paths you
2: for sure. Yes. Um Havan we have level sixty towns... Um I would say what Steel Club is one of our, is among growth talents. It's not quite as bad as flowing access or the talent we're about to get to. We talked about that time uh, the talent before. in level sixty, lops is the best option for pretty much every situation. It adds an extra button for you to press, but the passive damage over time from lops is just so strong, even after the new but it's like one of your main damaging abilities, and you should have as much of an uptime on it as possible. Mm-hmm. Gorilla tactics is a nice alternative if you don't feel like managing catlops. It's a relatively big DPS difference, like I would say 15,000 damage a second. But no. it's it's a lot, but it's negligible if you don't lay at a, like top tier Mythic progression, and it's good for some fights in which is also super high movement. Because the problem with catlops, your tanks can walk against you, because cartlabs is an actual <laughs> area of effect on the ground, and if the tanks guide the mobs away from it, well, sucks to be you.
0: Yep, it's like playing a Demon Hunter, and you get in there, and you're bursting, and you drop Will of the Illidari, and the tank moves the boss away from your glaives.
2: Yep. yep, pretty much exactly the same. The steel Club, it's it's an awesome talent for some activities like Blower's Guild, because you can pre-place it, but the the fact that you need to be out of combat for Rayleigh to walk in case of the steel clamp because Raylay only walks if you're not in combat for right. this specific talent that kills it for any other situation, but for blower's guilt, it's an amazing choice it just like does fifty percent of targets that like health in one application, so it's like really good that's actually a question um,
0: then. It, d- does waylay only work out of combat? I thought it would work in
2: combat, but it still takes two seconds of not being triggered. Only for Steel Trap. It says oh. in the description, it's only for Steel Trap. That's why this talent is non-viable inlays because it's only for this talent.
0: Oh, it, that totally, I've never taken it before. But that is totally true. <laughs> wow. Because I asked you about this in the pre-show because Steel Trap is a, of attack power bleed, so bleed ignores armor over 30 seconds, and then the waylay is an additional 500% damage. So I guess, yeah, it totally makes sense. Brawler's Guild, for sure, but outside of that, you can never waylay it in combat. Hmm.
2: Yes, waylayed shield club can do up to something like 3 million damage from one club. And that scales up with cooldowns. So it's a ridiculous fall when you can pull it off. But because you cannot pull it off in raids, most of the time it's not viable. Hmm. When we have the 75 level talents, yep. a Sticky Bomb is a talent which really should have been an new stun, in my opinion. As it is, it's just a knockback. You throw it at the enemy, and everyone around the vet enemy gets knocked back. Nothing more to say. Langel's net. Uh, it's actually funny, I'm not sure how many people know it, but Langel's Net used to block Cephos Secret on bosses for Survival huntle, which made it the best legendary you could possibly have at Survival huntle. That's since been fixed, but that's a fun fact. Okay. And then you have Camouflage, which allows you to... It's actually probably the most useful of them all in Mythic Plus, because it allows you to skip any amount of Slash without using an invisibility potion, which is awesome. Because you can skip a trash, for example, at Black Oak at the start, and then have potions for the entire dungeon, unlike other people. It works very well for that.
0: I, uh... Also, you can feign into camo to heal yourself for a little bit, too. That kind of is a little thing, I guess, you can do sometimes, but not super useful, but there is a thing with that. it's, It's weird on this tier, because I thought Sticky Bomb... I mean, because it's only a knockback, so it's an interrupt. But there's, again, no hard CC there. And Ranger's Trap is just a root. So the mm-hmm. camo is the only one that actually like, really gives you anything personal. Because the other two don't really do a whole lot. I guess Ranger, I mean Ranger's Net probably is super troll in PvP, but... <laughs> yes, it is.
2: <laughs> but, w- but you don't use it in PvP unless you, if you have talents. Which, because I, if I remember correctly, there's a normal talent, which is pretty much... Yeah, Tlackle's Net. It's pretty much the Ranger's Net. Uh-huh. And they show... Yeah. but in world pvp it's super slow if you don't have that time because right. it has no global cooldown i mean it has a global cooldown but it doesn't have a cooldown and it's like faulty focus so you can spam it indefinitely to... yeah
0: all right chat it's time we're talking yes. about the serpent sting oh sorry
2: what's up butchery and <laughs> level 90 talents this is important for mythic plus for mythic plus no matter what you do you pick butchery why there's a plate in our artifact, which makes so that Butchery, which replaces Scarf, does 10% more damage for each enemy hit. So for big pools, like a new average pool in Mythic Plus, like 10 mobs, for example, more souls, completely reasonable for high item level people, your Butchery is going to do double damage with that plate. So it's very, very high single target even, Butchery, in Mythic Plus. When you use this talent in any Amount of mobs which exceeds five, it's absolutely amazing and you're going to be the top damage in the dungeon. Like, easy. The weird, thing about, if you can um, the weird
0: thing about this right now is that Hellcarver is the exact same thing that Havoc has for their Blade Dance that was nerfed from 10% to 3%. Because, <laughs> oh, Havoc has too much AoE. Oh, no. But, but Hellcarver is still 10% increased damage for each additional target hit. And the base freaking damage of this thing is whatever reason why. It's 579% weapon damage. It's Oh, it's, well, yeah. The tooltip
2: on WowDB says 579. but yeah. the... For example, with the legendary chest, which increases your butchery damage by 100% when you use Mongoose Bite 10 times. For me, butchery does 800,000 damage for fell mob. So increase that by a hundred percent, and it's like each mob, like ten mobs, we that. and you're looking at insane amount of those AoE from one global cooldown, and you have free charges so of it. So it's insane in in Mythic Plus and in Nighthold, because every fight is a navy fight. Mm-hmm. When you have Dragon's Fire Grenade, insane in PvP, absolutely annoying, like as as annoying as it gets. But apart of that, it's fallen out of favor from Mythic Plus and lates. Like, it never used to be good in Mythic Plus. For some people thought it was. But now it's a complete garbage deal. Still yeah. usable in some situations, but still pretty bad. Right. And Soulpant Stink is your default um, single-target damage deal. Because, well, Butchery is your AoE, Soulpant Stink is your single-target. Just think of it like that. Yep. Level 100 talents. Well, we talked about Aspect of the Beast in... BM portion of the show. Yep. It doesn't crit, it's complete garbage. Then you have export <laughs> lapel, which increases the damage of cartlops, which is an important part. There's actually two builds of survival you can use on single target. One, which relies on cartlops, export lapel. And that build kind of prioritizes versatility until you get full set. But like it's not as good as the uh, Spitting and cobra for single target. And then you have Spitting Cobra, which is an interesting talent. It's a new addition to single-target rotation for survival. It used to be never taken, so you never would take it for any situation. But it got buffed significantly, and it was found out that it double dips into haste. So before set, you heavily stack haste, so Cobra be- gets battle and battle as a talent. Yes, It's a one-minute cooldown, uh-huh. which gives you 90 focus of duration so it's already battle when. A cooldown from BM, uh, <laughs> you know, Aspect of the Wild. Shots fired. <laughs> it is. And it does, on average, something like 2 million damage. And more if you use it during kill, like 4 million I've seen multiple times. It wasn't... It's wasn't
0: actually... Sp- oh, oh I, w- I was looking... Wasn't Spitting Cobra, like, 40% attack power, and now it's 100% attack power?
2: Yes. <laughs> it got buffed significant- significantly. Right, yeah. But the focus generation is what's important because you can use flankings like Molov, which is just two set and then false set, and it's, yeah, it's good. Awesome. Oh, it was, tw- it, it was 20, apparently. <laughs> Even worse. Oh, it was 20% attack power? <laughs> Holy crap! That's so bad. Wow. I guess That's... getting something buffed uh, five times is a little bit. It's okay to make it okay.
0: Yeah, I, I would imagine so as well. Um, you're bringing up the tier set in there too, so we're gonna bounce over to the tier set real quick. Uh, so again, the Eagle Talon Battle Gear, so your two-piece's flanking strike now has three times the normal chance to trigger Hunting Companion. And your four-piece, like you said before, when you achieve six stacks of Mongoose Fury, you will gain a 20% increased damage buff to all abilities for the next ten seconds. So... Both... Seem pretty good. They like Beast Mastery ones. They don't seem like there's anything wrong with them. They both look like they play into and shore up some some uh, parts of the spec. But I think the, the two pieces probably like the really... So, the math on this. Walk me through the math again on Flanking Strike. I didn't
2: know this. Well, okay. Flanking Strike has... Okay, first of all, Mastery gives our bad attack chance to give us a Mongoose button. So, Flanking Strike has double that amount by default. So, for example, you have 15% mastery. So, every attack done by pet has a 15% chance to give you a block of Monk's Bite. Flanking Strike had a 30% chance. What the two-piece does, it triples the percentage at which Flanking Strike gives you Monk's Bite. So, at 15% mastery, it's 90% chance to get a block, which is good. So, essentially, every Flanking Strike gives you a stack. Yes, Pretty much. Right. Which is amazing for the reason of uptime on 4 piece. Uh, The average uptime for most fights, at least for me, but I'm speaking about every single fight in Night because I looked at the logs, is 54% and up uptime on full set. Because you can, with the 2 set, you can reach 6 stacks pretty much every single time, ball, FU. So you have very high uptime. And it averages out to be like 5-6% damage at least. But it's important when it's up, not how long it's up.
0: Okay. Sounds good.
2: Yes. Especially because we are kind of a bursty class. Like when we have cooldowns, we do most of our damage during our cooldowns. Heal is super amazing for us. Mm -hmm. Like our cooldown, uh, you know, the aspect of the Eagle, it does provide us with 30% damage increase and 20% critical strike increase. So that kind of counter with the reduce critical strike chance by default by 5%. So that's very important. Like, so when you have your cooldowns, you have 20% from TL set for piece. So you just do insane amount of damage and it works on a which is the most important part.
0: Right, because you can get the, the buff up and then you can essentially redrop Well, I guess that's the question. There's no snapshotting involved with that, correct? So if you have yeah. trap out, if you have your explosive trap ticking and you have your caltrops down, it'll automatically just go up by twenty percent,
2: correct? For caltrops, yes. Not sure about explosive trap, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So the, okay. If there is some snapshotting, it's probably on Spitting cobble. You should use it as when you have the most haste available. But yeah. even that, I'm pretty sure isn't snapshot.
0: But I would not. Uh... I would wonder if lacerate would snapshot because what I found out over multiple times and I'll confirm this here to make sure I'm not a complete dingus is that the artifact bonus that you get with this e for um for aspect of the sky lord which you get the 30% additional damage during aspect of the eagle that damage bonus does not snapshot snapshot does not snapshot the whole duration of um, if you hit Strike of the Windlord, like, that doesn't... Not Strike of the Windlord, that's a joke. The, um... No, I can't think of it now. The, uh... Right here, the freaking, um... Fury of the Eagle. Even though it's getting a new animation, too. But <laughs> if you cast Fury of the Eagle and in the four-second channel you lose Sky Lord, you lose the 30% damage on those ticks, correct?
2: Um, yes. But, uh, I mean... You do lose them, but you never should use your artifact ability in the first place during Hegel. It's a huge DPS loss, because, let's be honest here, our artifact ability is complete. Well, design, you know, game design, good game design, that's what it does exactly the same damage as Free Monk's Bite. So, like, you lose the damage on periodic ticks, and yes, that's bad, and you just generally don't use it during cooldown, so it's never an issue, really.
0: Oh, so you actually don't. Because I've been doing that wrong then. I've always been building up uh, during well, Eagle and then hitting Fury when I have six stacks and I have four seconds left on the Skylord buff. So you no, don't. Um, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm AoEing at the times, like in Karazhan,
2: so That's probably. Yes, why for I, AoE, it's fine. It's okay, fine. Okay. But like how it works, Mongoose <laughs> Bite does. It does the same amount of damage on one target as three mongoose bites. And the problem is mongoose bite is one big chunky attack. If, if it crits, it does a lot of damage. Okay. But because it's a periodic amount of damage or three seconds and with small chunks, if we crit, the damage isn't nearly as high. And because the cooldown gives us 20% chance extra to crit, you can see where this is going. It's better to three mongoose bites extra instead of artifact ability. Okay. Because an average is going to give you more damage. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, for
0: pure single target. Okay. That makes, mm-hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> Chunky.
2: fully, for yeah. fully, you just uh, use our abilities.
0: Okay. So I was making sure I'm not a complete dingus. Okay. That's fair. Um, So then the next little bit here is... So legendaries and trinkets. So I'm going to bring back up the... This is all written out as well on the Icy Veins guide. But the one thing I wanted to bring up... azer don't... don't are, you, are you awake? Don't fall asleep on me. I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> is, chat was saying earlier, they were like, why is the Night Looming Frond a BIS trinket for survival? So... We're in the trinket and legendary section, so, I mean, Phi, do you want to open this first, or did Azrotheria need to fix this in the guide? Because Sarawal doesn't really well, we, attack that fast.
1: We can have a back and forth about it.
0: Okay.
2: Well, um, well, well yeah. I'm going to answer this question, because we don't auto-attack fast enough for the trinket to be good, but let to explain.
1: Well, it well of course it benefits from a higher, um, or lower, I should say, um, auto-attack timer. But there's nothing that seems to, and I think it's not because the Trinket is good, but I think it's because outside the Draught of Souls there are not very many uh, better alternatives, especially Nighthold and in general. Right. So it's a bit of the same case like um, Beastmastery, the um, aspect of the wild cooldown reduction. Uh, it's not that great, but it's the best you can get uh, for the eye level anyway. And it's the same here. So the fact that, you know, Survival has a 3.6 second um, auto-attack timer base while the other specs both have a 3 second timer. This is accounted for and it does still appear to be the best trinket. Although if you like look at it on a per eye level basis, you can see in the simulated trinket list that Blood First Instinct is rearing its uh, pretty head again. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, with haste being such a godly stat for survival, the haste proc uh, and the high uptime of that on the bloodlust Instinct uh, really helps out survival. And I'd say that it's probably the more the, the trinket more people will have uh, along with the haste statistics mm. uh, than yeah. the Night Blooming Front. But if you do have the choice between all the trinkets on a p- silver platter in front of you and the old, at uh, the mythic item level, you would still pick the Front. But, you know, it does no ways work out that way.
0: Yeah, because looking at, like, down here, I mean, you're looking at a 905 frond in your sim is at uh, 543k, but even, like, what what my hunter has, she has an eye of command at 860, and it's only 10k DPS difference, so, like, even a Karazhan trinket now, because the eye level cap can Titanforge all the way up to 925, like, it... It seems like there's other options. I mean, these trinket sims are so close together if you go from the top and down 10k. There are so many trinkets in here that you could still use. And that's sort of the problem or blessing or curse of Legion is that people ask about trinkets all the time. But really, there's like the best and then everything else is just right underneath it. Because there's not a huge fall off.
1: Yeah, and the of command oh. with the set bonus is only like marginally uh it's like five K behind. Yeah. So like, like like best in slot kinda uh Nighthole trinkets. So yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: The Sol of oh. Warching. Go
2: ahead. Fine. The thing about that is um for survival, the trinkets like none of them are really major except Blood Force Instincts. But the trinkets you should use trinkets which make your gameplay smoother and help you achieve a goal specifically. That's why I think what for example Memento from more souls is one of the battle trinkets you can get at survival. Mm-hmm. Because in most situations it provides you haste, mastery, and crit, which are all excellent for what you want to do. Haste gives you more blocks, mastery gives you more blocks, you need more blocks, haste makes the spec feel and play smooth. And crit is just generally nice because monk's Bite is very, very high damage in one ability, and if it crits it can create like three million. So it's right. significant. Yeah, that that seems fair. Um and Momento is not on the list if I remember correctly still. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm goes.
0: not I'm not seeing it here. What's, what's that going? What's, what's that? I don't know here.
2: But the problem with Memento, you need to get it like fairly high Titan forged, but if you have like eight eighty five plus, it's probably going to be your best in slot Nighthold holding it along with BTI. Well that's that's is the weird problem with that is that the
0: raw stat of the memento versus the like, take the um, the entwined elemental foci, which is basically Nighthold's version of the exact same trinket. It procs the exact same things for longer, but it's just a flat, um, secondary stat stick, not a primary stat stick that goes with it. So it's already weaker. So hopefully, in this trinket balance hotfix pass, maybe coming up soon. They actually make the elemental foci the natural successor to the Anger Boda because having to farm for that on essentially almost every spec in the damn game because it's so good <laughs> is really annoying, Blizzard. So. You don't say. <laughs> but how about uh, anything about legendaries, real quick, before we, we move on? There's a list of cures here that I'm bringing up on the screen, but if you want to go through. Mom.
2: I'm going to go over very quickly because survival doesn't depend at all on legendaries to do good. Like mm. you don't really need them. Like Zell's Call of the Wild, it's your best in slot, still best in slot after the knob. It reduces the cooldown of total, cheetah, and your eagle, which is your DPS cooldown by 35%, which is still excellent. Uh, it gives you more burst. If it gives you an excellent eagle and a fight, it's like super good. Same for marks and boots, as we talked before, you know, all the changes. And I presume still. Um, the second best legendary is probably going to be let me find it. Plaidas, as <laughs> funny yep. that sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for most people, because just because of how much of a secondary stat statistic this it is, it's four and a half thousand stats. But because our class, we want the agility most of all, but all the stats are nice. There's no dump stat except mastery after 15% if you have two sets. Like all stats are really equal to each other, the haste obviously been much much better than ours, but still not that much. So it's Coal, then Plytos, and then it's Boots, Nessing Greated lapping flats because uh, if you use Cartlops, they're actually second best in slot, if you don't use Cartlops, they're third. They just provide you with such a huge amount of focus regeneration that you can basically use and 2nd cooldown and it makes animal instincts battle, and it makes mock and foul battle, so it just makes the specs movable.
0: Wait, when... Everything
2: else is situational.
0: For Caltrops, does it trigger
2: every six seconds, or only one? No, once? it illegals on pull. It, it regals when it drops and blocks on the boss.
0: Okay, but because you can drop it every 15 to 20 seconds, essentially, you gain the 25 focus every time, right?
2: Well, no. It, it, it only blocks on... Basically, when the clap lands, if something stands in it, it blocks. Like, it's hard to explain because it's right, like but a ticking dot.
0: If, 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 but is it proc per target that triggers it or just once? No, once, once. Okay, but every time you drop a new Caltrops, you'll get the energy back again from the boots, right? Yes. Okay, it's that, that's... It's 25
2: cool. focus built trap. You can use freezing Clap, you can use Caltrops or taltlap and you can explosive trap. Right, so right, it's right. actually a fair bit of focus legion, but it's full best and slot if you don't use Caltrops. So okay. it goes like Coal, lighters, Boots, and when every single hour Legendary situational. Probably the chest is one of the battle ones, um, because Butchery is so strong and it increases the damage of butchery. Um For example, on cooldown, it's really good for killing the ice, uh, so just stockpiling with buff because it doesn't have any time related to it. And then just going on all out with cooldowns.
0: Okay.
2: But that's Legendary for survival. like? a couple good ones and everything else is just stats fair enough and you wanted to go over
0: for closing thoughts the rule of thumb the secondary stat priority
2: so it was a little weird so walk me through that okay so there's two builds generally which are very popular among people in survival channel there's a heavy stacking of versatility which is fine until you get false set and then there's heavy stacking of haste which is our best stat it makes this better. Play smoother, it makes everything faster and it very synergizes very well with our fallen two set. Before the full, full set, if you use Kaltlops and export Lapel, versatility is like up there as your best stand. But as soon as you get full set, haste becomes predominantly the best stat you can get. Like at 30%, it's still your best stat. Uh, if you see yourself, like 30% and up is good. It, Synergizes with some of our talents because with scale of haste, mm-hmm. like speaking Kobola, uh, the clubs mostly scale of versatility, but Kobola uh, scales with versatility and haste. And false set is just like you need so much focus and you need so much global cooldowns in your Mongus window because haste um, it increases the amount of global cooldowns you can get per Mongus fury window. Like you're familiar because you play survival as you're old. Like Mongus fury window, it's a very limited amount of time, and you need to fit everything in that amount of time
0: right i think didn't crit used to be super important so now so what's the like what is the optimal because people are going to have their four sets soon regardless of what you raid because lfr has four sets now so is it is it like haste crit
2: i would say it's verse haste, mastery or versatility equals crit and then mastery Mastery being priority until like 14 percent mm-hmm. because the two set is so strong. You always want it to hit, and at at 14 percent, it's high. It's high enough. How it's going to block like four out of five chances? Sure.
0: As I wrote up a whole bunch of stuff about the the basics for stats, and then like there's a soft cap here for everything else, and yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that's fair. Because definitely with that 15 percent mastery, and then you can forget about it because then with your Two piece, you've got a ninety percent chance every flanking strike
2: to give you a mongoose. So that's really you don't need At sixteen else. at sixteen and sixty four percent, I think it's a hundred percent chance. So sure. like fifteen is one percent, one and a half percent off from being a hundred percent.
0: Right. So it's it's pretty easy to to get to a essentially a hard cap and yes. then forget about it. So that sounds good to me. Anything else you want to leave? The survival hunters out there with, any tips or secrets or suggestions to remember before we move on to marksmanship?
2: Uh, Don't let people tell you what spec to play, most of all. I mean, you are just as good, if not better, than other two specs for some situations, like Mythic+. Plus. Nothing beats cooldowns plus butchery in Mythic Plus right now, except maybe Affliction Walks if we get lucky. Mm. Like, that's like... From a serious point of view, like from someone who does a lot of Mythic+. Plus, Like, you beat everyone in almost every situation if you play well.
0: Yeah, I have a blast on mine, so... it, it There definitely was a stigma going in, and I know that we haven't only really added... I know if you like playing ranged DPS specs, Blizzard hasn't added any in the history of the game. They've taken one away from you and <laughs> have anything else, <laughs> so... We will, uh, we'll see if they ever add any more range specs in the game in the future. And no, they're not going to add a Demon Hunter range spec. Stop asking! Um, <laughs> all right. But what if they will? Huh? But what if they will? I don't know. Then I'll eat uh, a grilled cheese sandwich, not grilled. I don't know. I'm not going to eat it, something gross. So, hmm. marksman time. As over, are you ready? Hello, hello? Yes, hello? Hello. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> So, this is probably what most hunters are playing right now, despite the fact that every hunter quit the game recently, uh, and now is coming back on Tuesday. So, (laughs) what, um, we we talked about uh, Marksman earlier, but I put here, so I put, how are things, and then does Marksman have too many micro, because I was watching you the other day when you were doing your DPS test on your live stream, (laughs) and... Do you have too many, because Enhancement has a couple of micro buffs, right? And I was like, okay, we have like four, but two are tied to one button. So we technically have three, but then you have like 15 micro buffs. I don't even know what's going on your screen. Is there too many things to track and play with, with, uh, Marksman? Or you just kind of like forget about most of them?
1: It's not as bad as my spaceship makes it out to be, I think. (laughs) It's not a... (laughs) Okay. It's not a... It's not so much the quantity of stuff to to figure out. I mean, the only thing you really have to care about is uh, your vulnerable window. Okay. So the information you need to be fed to your brain constantly to play the spec, ideally, is you need to know like your focus. You need to know the timing on your vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, how much time is left, and uh, and then you need to know what the status is on um, your marking targets, which allows you to cast uh, hunter's uh, what well, the mark shot, which allows you another vulnerable window, essentially. Okay. And the whole goal is to, um, with the Patient Sniper, which is sort of the cookie cutter single target build, but as we'll explore later, maybe not used as often as it might seem like you might want to, um, is to take advantage of the Patient Sniper talent by casting aim shots as many, like casting as many high damage aim shots in the end of vulnerable as possible. That's the whole spec, essentially, because you have so many procs of marking targets that you can essentially uh, get 100% uptime on Vulnerable. So it's just about getting the most out of your focus in those windows. And it's not just about getting it out in those windows. It's about getting it into a specific window in the window, if that makes sense, at uh, the end of uh, the uh, Vulnerable right, right. debuff.
0: Now, that's... Th- th- you bring that up right now. I'm gonna bring up the talent on the board, cuz the next part we'll go to. But you bring that up because patient sniper is is kind sort of the crux of the spec, right? Because
1: yes, okay, it's sort of uh, it's sort of what uh, separates the the men from the boys, or however you wanna you wanna call it. Oh. Um, because there's a lot you can you can play it like decently well. You can just cast your mark shots, uh, your aim shots as you, they become available to you within vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But if you're a sort of Cerebral about it and wait until the end you can get, you know, 20 uh, 10 20 40 30 40 uh, percent more damage out of them and uh, that really adds up over the fight and um, There's a lot of RNG in the spec, but over a fight's duration There's a lot of room for um, Sort of being the better player by getting more out of your aim shots and patient sniper and everything
0: Okay, how how long does the vulnerable window last again?
1: It's seven seconds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, a bit less because um, Markshot also triggers the global cooldown. So, you know, it's, you're going to have uh, like uh, five point something to play with. But in every, the duration... Oh, go yeah? ahead.
0: Go, no, so every time you reset the vulnerable window, Patient Sniper resets then, correctly? Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. So you don't need to track Patient Sniper itself because it's completely based on the time left and vulnerable. Okay. And so because focus is the resource that it is, you're always going to have, you know, the amount you start with and like your total, your whole focus pool for an entire encounter is going to be what you start with plus everything you generate minus anything that you overcap with. So with the knowledge that the our focus pool for an encounter is mostly static, we got to make every bit of focus count for as much as possible. And there's, all, there's been a lot of talk about um, sort of, um, do, do I want X percent haste to get two aimed shots in a vulnerable or three? But the truth is that if we could get, get away with only casting one aim shot per vulnerable in the very end, we would do that. But we can't because we have too much focus to do that without overcapping. But the whole point is to increase the average damage of our aim shots because we only get X amount of aim shots in an encounter. So we just want to make each of them do as much damage as possible. Sure. And of course, the f- uh, second of two aim shots in a vulnerable is going to be the one that deals the most damage. It's going to get 100%, 170% extra damage, while the previous one might get 160, 150.
0: Sure. And not to like chat, might not know if you're not like all in the numbers here, but the multiplicative benefit of that extra like 20% on the damage range of an aim shot is pretty ridiculous. Because I was seeing you get like 1.4 to 1.6 million crits or 2.4 million. Like it's a huge swing getting it done properly.
1: Yeah, and part of that is also True Shot, uh, which increases your critical strike damage by 50%. So that's how you can get, like, on a single target, you know, a perfect uh, aim shot crit towards the end of Vulnerable with True Shot, two and a half, three million, right? Right. You can get uh, really nuts, and you can do a lot of those, uh, especially with the four pieces we'll talk about.
0: So walk me through... Talent stuff here. Yes. Uh, and obviously, we can just omit 75s and 45s because we've gone over those and the other ones just fine. Yep. But um, so, talk to me about uh, how awful Lone Wolf is and how you take careful aim. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> uh, so, in the level 15 tier, there's no reason to ever pick anything but Lone Wolf in any realistic rating or Mythic Plus scenario ever. For better uh, or for worse.
0: Yeah, it's it's so sad. I mean, I, we knew this was gonna happen, and you obviously yeah. cannot take Lone Wolf to have a pet if you're like PvPing or if you are uh, leveling. But it just feels weird that you like forcibly have two dead talents that they put all this time into like making do something, and you just you yeah. don't take
1: them. It they used to be a baseline for marksmanship. Oh, both of them uh, so used that, to be. No, uh, Lone Wolf used to be baseline. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So we actually had a real choice because you true, know there, there wasn't one. Yeah, oh, that's right. And maybe that, they should have stuck with that.
0: People complained during beta that they won their pet yep. back, so oh, I. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So there's two like, yeah, boring sides of that uh, whole debacle. And uh, yeah, that's basically all there is to it. I mean, careful aim; it only affects targets that are on high health. But you can only really think of like single boss dungeon encounters that work that way, like Odin in um in Halls of Valor and um, hell yeah, to an extent in the, the Moth Souls, but you don't spec around the final boss of a dungeon. That, it just doesn't work that way.
0: There's a good suggestion that comes up in chat. Why, doesn't, why isn't Lone Wolf Baseline, and then this talent here gives you your pet back? And then that's how can, it
1: used to be, I think. Yeah, I think that's how it used to be.
0: Yeah, I don't know. People, like, I just, I... I, I don't know. Because when I saw Marksman coming out of beta, when I was doing my testing, and they were like, "Marksmaners don't have pets anymore." Period. You can take Black Arrow, which is totally fine for leveling, because you can Black Arrow the crap out of things, and your little,
1: no.
0: plagued boar taunts the crap out of what you're talking, what you're, ta- what, you're uh, what you're hitting. Um, but I was like, okay, that's unique survival fights in tandem in melee with their beast. Uh, with their pet. Beast Mastery summons more, a la, you know, zoo style. And then Marksman, no pets. And there was this that, that terrible outcry. And I, I really wish Blizzard were stuck to their guns. And had and kept the fantasy, no pets for Marksman. Period. That mm. would have been so much better. But, oh well.
1: Yeah, that's uh, the left land for better yep. or for worse. So, level 30 is... Um... Actually, a bit of an interesting choice. So this true aim, which is um, like if you're just hitting a dummy, that's what's going to give you the most damage. And it basically um, co- it, it discourages switching targets because whenever you, you start hitting a target with your arcane and aim shots, they stack debuff on the target that increases the damage those shots deal to the target by two um, percent, stacking up to ten times. So basically. They, it's a talent that increases the damage of Arcane and Aim Shot by 20%, which is a lot because Aim Shot does a lot of damage. Um, but of course, like you have to rebuild the 10 stacks on uh, whenever you switch your target, Yeah, which is kind of a lot in uh, Hole. So it's it's the best option for patchwork, right? And Fight way only might change your targets like two or three times in the whole thing. But if it's sort of a regular thing changing targets, uh, targets you switch to lock and load, which is uh, an ancient uh, talent by now. Mm-hmm. It has done different things for different specs, but now it is, uh, gives you blah, uh, ranged auto attacks, an 8% chance to give you free uh, two free and uh, instant aim shot cast. And like the relationship between these two talents is just about uh, an, an, yeah, tuning really. And, of course, Lock and Load doesn't uh, suffer from any sort of target switching. Right. Then there's Black you... Arrow. Yeah, Which sorry. is
0: amazing. That's what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Black Arrow is pretty good. It's not, like, for raiding. Uh, the problem with it used to be that it um, it cost 40 focus before. Now it only costs 10. Oh, wow, yeah. And um, Aim Shot is so, like, bread and butter for marksmanship that you can't really afford to introduce... Um, lot of extra globals or focus bandage that isn't aim shot because aim shot is such an efficient cast along with the mark shot. So that's why you don't really pick it. Um, It's decent for leveling. Uh, You definitely can't pick true aim for leveling for obvious reasons and lock and load is a bit inconsistent so it's a good leveling choice essentially. Uh, But for raiding it's not really worth picking in in any situation. Um, It's not easier to use than lock and load and you might find it more enjoyable, though. But yeah, not really worth picking. Can, can uh, I, I was yeah. just
0: scrolling over aim shot real quick. This is sort of an off tangent. Can we talk mm. about this? Might be like old math, or it's math that's caked into the tooltip because it's like accounting for before you get your your, your uh, raw But can we talk about why aim shot reads that it is point six one nine times? 275% of weapon damage yeah. or 0.038 times level times 275% weapon damage plus 0.238 times 275 weapon damage <laughs> or just 275 weapon damage as physical damage. What
2: the
1: f- is that? Okay, so the only thing that <laughs> matters to a level 110 <laughs> hunter is that Mark, uh, aim shot does 275% what you know, it- based on and it's to do with, <laughs> I think it's their attempt to uh, scale it for, um, for leveling. I get uh, holy cr- like We talked about, it's t- if,
0: if, if, if you're a patron and you get to listen to the, the behind the scenes podcast, we talk about this, that there's like a big tangent about how Blizzard makes things so much more difficult for themselves, for some reason, with certain abilities, that they put all this math behind it. But if you don't know it exists, you don't care. But once you know it's there, you're just just like, what? Why? <laughs> so this is one of the. <laughs> this is one of the. <laughs> okay, continue then. Tell me how good Sentinel is.
1: Uh. Okay. So, so. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sentinel is uh, not worth picking. It's essentially a one-minute cooldown that gives you uh, four mark shots a minute which is not a lot. Um, it's like maybe in a mark shot in my uh, decent defensive gear might be like 700, 800 K. And it's going to give you four of those because that's essentially all it does. It, um, you place a target, like a reticle on the, um, on the ground in a, like a 10 yard radius. And all enemies in that area will um, get uh, marked with Hunter's mark, which allows you to cast a uh, mark shot on them in a uh, six second intervals. And it does that, like, um, every six seconds. So it does, like, when you cast it, and then at six seconds after, and then another six seconds after that, and then when it finishes after 18 seconds. Hmm. And it's meant... I don't know what it's meant to be. It's meant to be an AoE talent of some kind, of some sustained AoE thing, but it's just terrible for absolutely everything.
0: So that's why we take
1: Meme Shot. That's why we take Patient Sniper for... uh, (laughs) <laughs> well, not you. Well, I'll talk about a meme shot, of course. Uh, patient sniper for, you know, g- getting the big aim shots mostly on uh, single bosses, single target. And explosive shot for everything that involves sort of short term multi target, especially on priority targets. And uh, explosive shot is like it's a skill shot. Like they tried to to put a skill shot into WoW because um, when you click it once, it sends like a rocket flying from ahead of you, mm-hmm. and when you press it again, it explodes, and it deals damage to uh, enemies based on how close it is to them when you press it. But of course, the pragmatic way about uh, the pra- pragmatic way about going about it is um, just to stand in melee and hit it twice. So it blows up in your
0: that- face, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it blows up in your face and all the mobs around you. Which is not very convenient always, but... It's so... If you can make it work, especially in Mythic Plus, it's an extremely powerful, ridiculous ability for any sort of multi-target. And there's so much AoE in Nighthold that... Explosive Shot is probably going to be the choice for more fights in Nighthold than Patient Sniper will.
0: Yeah, so, I believe uh, it. Yeah. It's a thousand percent attack power as fire damage, so yeah. it ignores armor. Yeah, every yeah. 30 seconds, you just disengage into melee range and just and then walk out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In my gear, it's 800k per target, non-crit.
0: <sighs> Good gracious yeah.
1: me. So, uh, and if it crits, you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, specific yeah. examples, you know, um, the AoE faces on a spellblade, the lashes on, um, on Botanist. So when they spawn, you can hop over there because they're already sort of in range and just blow your explosive shot in your own face and you'll do uh two million to them immediately. Uh, so yeah. And for Mythic Plus, because it's so front loaded and immediate, it's just very good for dealing with packs. And it has a 30 second cooldown, it line up with most things. Yeah. So most Mythic Plus burn packs start with you going into melee and spamming your aim shot button to blow up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, patient sniper, single target.
0: That's a weird tier that it has a skill shot AOE-ish single target, and then Sentinel, and then Patience, yeah. which is fully single target, but that's a weird tier. Um, 75s again. Pick what you want. CC, camouflage, etc. And let's go to 90, and then 100.
1: Yes, so uh, level 90 is uh, we talked about Barrage, and it's the same thing for B- uh, for Marksmanship. Right. You might use it. It actually got an 80% damage buff for BM specifically. Like they said, it does 80% more damage for BM now. That is mostly to bring it on level with um, Marksmanship's version of it because uh, Marksmanship's mastery increases the damage of all focus spending abilities, which of course includes Barrage. Anyway, tangent. Um, it's only really useful for indiscriminate burst theory, much like Beast mastery And um, volley and crows are extremely close on a single target and volley is the completely passive option that can also cleave. So for more fights than... Crows, you will be using volley as it's the um, a very marginally worse single target choice, but much better for any sort of cleave. It basically just um, makes sure you, uh, uh, auto shots cleave and hit like a truck. Sure. Yeah, and uh, a of crow's, you know, same old boring. You use it if you're just fighting one target for the whole thing.
0: Now I had to ask about that with uh, with sniper training, and as you gain more gear and have higher mastery, as as it all goes, that. The, yeah, the damage of all focus spender scales up, so obviously Barrage will scale up. And the new Barrage with its whole like 50% nonsense we talked about earlier, does the-, does the ra- how does the range effect of sniper training work with Barrage? Because it's the weird 40-yard range, but it's like a 120-degree cone in- well, not a cone. It's like a- it draws like a rectangle from your right yeah. or left arms, and then it has like a really wide arc in front of you does that just get improved forward with
1: yeah your it just gets training? improved forward yeah okay, okay one okay. Uh, funny trick that is not as relevant anymore but used to be is that um to avoid barrage ninja pulling um you can now like in legion you can set the name uh, the distance at which nameplates for enemies will be drawn and because marksmanship's range is so long it it's a pretty good tip to uh set your nameplate distance to your actual shot distance and you can avoid uh, barrage ninja pulls this way by like, if they're set to the same thing if you can't see the nameplate of something in the distance, your barrage won't hit it. So that's when you know you're safe. Hmm. Yeah. Not as relevant anymore because we don't use uh, barrage all the time, but uh when we did, it was uh, pretty useful.
0: Hmm. Okay. And then uh Last, last little talent bit here. You basically are, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was so happy that they removed the the total shit show of the original trick shot from beta. Because that was just yeah. kill. It was like kill flip, was it? That was just not. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, that was unique.
0: But anyway, go go through your 100s here and then.
1: Uh... Yeah. So, um, yeah, Sidewinders is no longer the optimal choice for any specific, uh, well, for specific situation, you might say Mythic because if you want more slime damage, um, but it does inferior uh, single target and multi target damage to both the other two options. Um, these three talents they have sort of their own niches, and the Trick Shot is sort of turning your single target, both the same for Sidewinders and Trick Shot. They turn your single target into multi target damage, and Trick Shot does it by um, making your Aim Shots cleave essentially. And Sidewinders does it by making your primary focus regenerator also cleave and also mark all targets. It sort of merges arcane and multi-shot. And uh, basically, you don't pick Sidewinders. So, uh, yeah. And you don't even have the buff to it uh, that's upcoming. In most situations, you're actually going to want Piercing Shot. It's a bit worse than Trick Shot for um, if you were to like do a simulation on cleave. And it's also a bit worse on single target. So so why would you pick it? Well, it's a case of sustained cleave has never really been a huge thing. And and the thing is for any cleave fight, essentially, you're going to want explosive shot, which reduces the um, damage of your um, uh, aim shot significantly because you're giving up patient sniper. And trick shot increases aim shot damage. So this, that sort of works against each other, which means that in effect, most fights you will want to pick piercing shots for any sort of ad fight or any sort of cleavy semi-target switchy fight. And for pure single target or sustained cleave over a long time that doesn't really exist in Nighthold, right. you would pick trick shot. Yeah, it's, exists, but yeah distinctly it doesn't.
0: it's a weird one. Piercing Shot's getting a new graphic as well. A lot of new Hunter graphics for all three specs in 7.2. And the new Piercing Shot really helps show the the piercing effect because the arrow continues to travel and you get really see it really well done in the new graphic. It's really nice. But, but Piercing Shot obviously has a positional requirement. Because it's not very wide. Is it only like three yards wide or four yards wide?
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost just a straight line.
0: Yeah, so you have to like position to make sure it goes through multiple targets. But that's what I was looking at in the new graphic that it would be um, really good. But yeah, because but yeah, you were talking about true aim earlier. And if you're going like this full single target build, like trick shot, patient sniper, true aim kind of stuff, right? Like that... All these things that on your stupid weak oras or like all these stacking buffs is why I was talking about this. But yeah, a lot of these things just kind of like exist and all you really pay attention to is patient sniper. But yeah. if you if you take the AoE build like you're just talking about now with the uh, with piercing shot for your single target 30 second cooldown basically, which then you get into the whole point of that marksman sort of has the havoc demon hunter approach that you have all these buttons that are like a one off like a 30 second cooldown here or 40 second cooldown here, and you hit them whatever they come off cooldown when you line up properly. So that's. Yeah. yeah
1: that looks It's dead. very front loaded, and it does. not sure. Yeah. Because most of your trash pack damage is done by the time you've cast both piercing shot and explosive shot. Right. Yeah. And you can use both to great effect, like crosses the ads if some spawn a bit close to each other, uh, mark them up, because piercing shot is affected by vulnerable as well. It's the only other ability except the aim shot. So mark them up uh, with Vulnerable, get some focus, cast Pixie in one one shot like three ads at once.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I like hearing, and this is like the thing I always toot my own horn about on the show. I, I like hearing when there are options. And it was kind of glossed over when Fai and I were talking about survival. But if you noticed, and Fai can back me up on this, survival only has like two talents you just don't take. Everything else you can take like throwing axes and aspect of the beast are the two you just like nah, forget about those which is great to hear about because it's always sad when I interview people on the show and they give me one talent build and there's no options outside of that one build it makes me so sad (laughs) so I'm glad I'm always glad to hear That that is a a thing that you you have. That's the whole point of this damn talent system. It's only taking two expansions to get there. so. (laughs) But I guess I'll bring up Foster Ra now. Um, Yeah. Which, so I actually think that we kind of go over all of these. And um, I wanted to bring up this in chat because we are like getting at time here. And uh, there will be links in the description. And these are, of course, things you see in the class Discord channels. There are these leveling paths for all of the weapons. right? And they're all on the Icy Veins guides. So that's why, if you were curious about I, I don't really go into the artifacts as much right now. Obviously, as the show moves forward and the new double relics come out, we'll sort of talk about them more. But the artifact stuff is a little bit very just cut and dry mathy when you go look at the different artifact traits and talent sections of each of these you know you go up here to world of warcraft you go to classes and you have your 300 specs right and everything else on icy veins for example it's a lot easier to look at this section and then look at your path right and then the theory crafters that put this stuff together they talk about relic choice like really simple stuff so i've kind of omitted that section from the show notes as we've gone through here because everything else is a lot more tangible So if you are looking for that information about the artifacts, if you're new to the spec or you're thinking about playing a hunter or, of course, any other spec in the future, that's where that information is going to be because these guides are so well put together and it's very easy to just look through there for the artifact stuff. But there'll be links in the description box on YouTube for those. But that's why I wanted to say we're going to walk past Foster Raw right now and bring up... um, Legendary items and trinkets for marksman unless you have anything more about talents
1: uh, Nothing else to note. we can move on to uh, legendaries.
0: Yeah, sure. Go so
1: it. it's not as legendary dependent as um, Beast Mastery shoulders belt and everything But it still has some really good legendaries and uh, the two big ones is the, um, the newly added 715 legendary the MK2 gyroscopic stabilizer Mm-hmm Um, It basically makes every other aim shot you cast be castable while moving, and also have a 15% increased crit chance. Ooh. Yeah. And both of those things are like, one of them combines to make the spec a bit more bearable, especially when using, um, you know, the pure single target, true aim, patient sniper, and trick shot where like 50% of your damage is just aim shots and you want to make them as big as possible. And any sort of movement can really screw with your rhythm. It makes that more forgiving. But just having um, what is essentially a 7.5% average uh, damage increase for your aim shots is huge. And it makes it the best legendary by a, a fair bit, at least on a single target. The other one that's big is are uh, the Ulus Snowfeather Shoes that are essentially um, just true, another true shot cooldown reduction. Whenever you cast a... Uh, well, it says whenever you cast like a damaging shot but in reality like a lot of um, shots are omitted from that description for no reason um but it is essentially like a 45 roughly uh, cooldown reduction on a true shot which is a main really large aoe and single target cooldown mm-hmm. and um of course these two because true uh, a true shot increases your critical strike damage by 50 percent and um so combining more True Shots from the Boots with the um, 15% Critical Strike chance on Aim Shot from the Gloves makes those two the best combo and they go together be- really well. It's a single target anyway. Then there is the War Belt of the Sentinel Army, which is a basically... It basically makes multi-shot stack a damage buff on your next Aim Shot. Um, a bit like the um, the butcher's Brown Apron for Survival. Uh, which makes my bite stack up uh, so that the um, Carver or Butchery does more damage. And it's extremely powerful with a uh, Trick Shot, especially, especially with like sustained cleave with Trick Shot, because you got to cast um, Multi Shot instead of Arcane Shot on um, multiple targets all the time. So you will keep up stacking this buff and it's one stack per target you hit. And it's like 10% damage on the next aim shot per target. And you might have to spam quite a few multi-shots to get there. So especially on AoE, you can get like 200% extra damage um, aim shots. And they already do a lot of damage. And with trick shot, they will also cleave. So essentially, you can get these like 6 million aimed shots on multiple targets. And it's absolutely ridiculous if you get to stack it up.
0: So I was going to wait for you to bring up the war belt. Because this is like one of the new hotnesses. And with trick shot... Because I wanted to bring up the way that trickshot paths is sort of like chain lightning, that it doesn't cleave everything around the target. It hits a number of targets that are um, to all vulnerable targets, but doesn't have a way that if it bounces, which is unfortunate because you can't really control it directly, but if it bounces sort of like towards the edge of a pack of mobs, it won't bounce back, right? Like it stops and just fizzles kind of thing. Does it still do that or does it well, hit everything? Well, it's,
1: it's, it hits everything that's vulnerable. And what is vulnerable is determined by what you mark with your marked shot. Sure. Which is determined by what has hunter's mark, which is determined by multi-shot. So <laughs> right, right. It, it's actually multi-shot that matters in this equation. And it's very simple because it's just uh, eight yards around the target. Okay. So you hit a target and it, uh, everything within eight yards. And then you press a uh, hunter's mark. Uh, then you press a um, mark shot to get vulnerable on all of them. And then you trick shot. And regardless if they've spread like to China after you've cast and marked them, um, your aim shot will still hit multiple targets across the room if you have made them vulnerable.
0: Okay, I wanted to make sure that was that was working, because so I remember back in the day um, when I was testing that the the bounce wouldn't bounce all the time properly. It would just like if it got too far away from the next mob to hit that was vulnerable, it wouldn't bounce. Mm. So if, if that's not a case, yeah. and you're not seeing that. Thankfully, not the case anymore. Okay, that's 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 fine, because that's why this yeah. this belt is. This and because this is very much in the time right now that we live in Nighthold, of course, as no. you know the next raids roll out, we don't know if we're gonna have fights that are all the similar. Obviously it's a very much a thing, but seven of ten bosses in Nighthold all have just BS cleave or AoE phases. Yeah. So you can do some serious gaming with uh with certain legendaries yeah. for sure.
1: And it's kind of nice to have these free legendaries, like the, the boots are always good. And war is really good for multi-target, and um, and it's uh, and the gloves are really good for single-target. Sounds good. So that's pretty nice. And then there's legendary trinket, which is sort of a yeah, it's kind of mediocre for all specs. It's it's usually behind the DPS other DPS legendaries for all specs.
0: So before we get too much over time, I wanted you to go over why you have drought of souls for marksman because it's a, it's a, it's a melee trinket. Uh, Can we talk about this? That's the
1: same, well, that's the same case as BM, you know, it's the likely, because it's not listed in the best in slot section. Like the simulation is always, and the guide says this, you know, a simulation is always limited by the humans who programmed it. And like just today I found like until earlier today, explosive shot was doing half damage of what it was supposed to in SimCraft. Hmm. So there's always something wrong with SimCraft, but it's still a good tool if you know how to use it. Basically, the Trinket Sim is more of a reflection. It's just as much a reflection of uh, like what is lacking in SimCraft as right. it is like a genuine comparison. And uh, there's yeah, I heard to add a, like a note about Draught of Souls specifically um, because it's kind of a sketchy choice. Even if it was um, like all the time as good as the Sims would indicate, you would still have the inconvenience of moving to melee and. Marksmanship is not that mobile anymore, so yeah, it doesn't really work out that way. And that's why it's not the Biss Trinket. It's but just if, the one that's the highest. But
0: if you're running the meme shot, you can run in, blow up in your you face, can. and then hit you the can. trinket.
1: Yeah. Mark them up, <laughs> vulnerable, piercing shot, run in, explosive shot, pop the trinket. It works.
0: Yeah, that's that's what Chat was asking. Did he say something about the meme spec? And we that that's another thing we've said about it. So yeah, for sure. That is definitely, definitely a thing, but I mean, is there anything else you wanted to add about Marksman? I mean, the, I brought the trick, up on the, on the, um, on the screen. You have Convergence of Fates listed. Uh, how is, is the RPPM for that pretty good for True Shot?
1: It's pretty Marksman? decent. It's, um, like with, with the boots and the two piece bonus, which is also a cooldown reduction on a uh, True Shot. Mm-hmm. and that you can get really low cooldowns on True Shot, and it makes marksmanship really, really powerful, just that's in true. general, for everything.
0: If you have the boots as well, as what the caveat is. If you have is. the
1: boots as well, yeah, that's the caveat, and uh, I don't have them, so I'm a bit upset about that.
0: That's fair. Yeah. That's why your damage is so bad, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just uh, can't do it without them.
0: So, rule of thumb, secondary stat priority, do you have any weird flimflammy stuff going on with... with um? Marksmanship like survival had, or?
1: Um, I'd say the, um, the biggest interesting thing is how uninteresting it is. So a lot oh. of people ask, st- like, they, they believe there must be a haste cap worth going for, and it's the most asked question in the marksmanship. is the haste cap. It's 9% a haste cap. What about 21.5%? What about 19 what about 17%? But no, there is no haste cap. It's the third best stat. Don't go below 5%, I guess, but yeah. Mastery, crit, haste, versatility. And the weapon damage is ridiculously overpowered, which is why um, like two eye level is better than any trade jump on uh, your weapon.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, just go for eye level on the relics as well.
0: That's actually the first time I've ever heard that before because for like mm-hmm. enhancement, wind strikes is worth like five to six eye levels. Yeah. So people the that best, have... Uh,
1: well, go ahead. Yeah, the best uh, the best um, uh, BM single target trait and multi-target is the two different ones. They're worth, I think, Furious uh, furious Swipes for um, Beastmastery and free targets, which is Beast Cleave damage, 10%. Quite a lot. Wow. It's like 18 eye levels. Excuse me? Yeah, 18.
0: <laughs> 18? So yeah, you, you basically do never that. replace only... that
1: relic. Okay. Yeah, but only if you're doing Mythic Plus because you don't spec okay. around Beast Cleave for raiding in general. But, um the kill command damage increase is worth like 9 eye levels. So, yeah.
0: So the last two things, we didn't weave in the tier 19 during talent talk, so the tier 19 for Marksman is uh, every 35 focus you spend, which was nerfed, I believe? Uh, Every 35 Uh, focus...
1: The the 4 set that was nerfed.
0: Oh, okay, the 4 set was. So every 35 focus you spend reduces the cooldown of True Shot by 1 second. So now, that plus convergence plus boots <laughs> and the yeah, four exactly. piece the four piece is essentially what BM has it's just the true shot reduces yeah. the cost of all your focus spenders by 15 percent yeah wow. and that's
1: what was nerfed because that number used to be I don't remember if it was 45 or 50 oh wow but uh, yeah but the, it was really overpowered before but they probably over nerfed it a bit because now the four piece is kind of meh. Hmm. Um, But before, it it basically made aim shot almost uh, focus neutral. (laughs) So you would pop um, true shot and you would get your vulnerable going and then you would just hammer aim shot forever until your vulnerable ended and then you would do it again. And you basically were almost stuck at your focus cap because of how OP it was. But now it's like, okay. And um, the two-piece bonus is like 30 30 to 50, depending on RNG and stuff, uh, cooldown reduction. It's a bit funny because they actually work against each other if you think about it. You got to spend focus to um, reduce the cooldown with the two piece and um, the four piece makes your abilities cost less. But of course, it mean you can cast more of them, so it kind of evens out, but it's still like, yeah, a bit silly.
0: Well, it kind of it it one feeds into the other, and that's why yeah. I brought up the whole thing that you can compound the two piece, the convergence of fates and the boots, which is I don't know if I mean Blizzard nerfed parts of that for assassination rogues because they could basically have permanent uptime on vendetta. Which the vendetta itself is not uptime all the time. It's the stupid daggers, the, the butter knives, shink, mm-hmm. shing, 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 shanks. Could be up all the time. <sighs> but they've nerfed that a little bit. But have it has it gone under the radar because they've nerfed Marksman to the ground so much apparently blah, that all of these stacking cooldown reductions on True Shot are still okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially.
0: Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, And the last thing that I have to ask, because this is mostly a a marksman thing, is I had on here for trinkets. Because they fixed, fixed, and they fixed a bug with RPPM trinkets, right? And we all lived in this beautiful utopia, even I did for Mythic Plus, of (laughs) Iran's relaxing ruby. Uh, Yeah. Is it, and this can go for Phi as well, because I know, because. Sorry, has so many dots that can proc the ruby. The ruby is kind of
2: dead now, isn't it? Yes. yes. Well, for survival, it was a little long ago. Aww. Yeah. Because at some point they uh hotfixed it for meta.
1: Man. Yeah. And it just doesn't like it doesn't like cut its proc rate in half and when it does proc it still requires stuff to be alive for 6 seconds which you can't really Yep. Can't really work with that in a mythic plus setting. I f- I feel uh, like... It was kind of nice sometimes because before Barrage, every tick of Barrage, which is, you know, 16, 8 to 16 per target, mm-hmm. uh, could proc. So you could actually have multiple procs going at the same time. Yeah.
0: I feel like they installed the Binding of Isaac troll engine into it because how many times, and chat can back me up on this, because I used to use one as enhancement because the auto attacks on Flame Tongue and the dot on the ground from Crashing Storm counts as a ranged attack. Okay. Um... But you're you're pulling a bunch of mobs, mythic plus, and your mobs are almost dying, and then like the mobs at like six percent and wreath procs. It seems to proc so often when mobs HP is so low for some reason, and then it just fizzles because nothing, everything's dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but if I, they made it like explode on mob uh, death, it would be overpowered. So yeah, they yeah, can't win.
0: But that was the thing I wanted to make sure I brought up because I know a lot of hunters were a long time were like, "Oh my god, I need a ruby," but now the ruby is just like, forget about it. Yeah, sadly. Anything else you want to leave closing thoughts for marshmanship or anything? Essentially, because um, we're at about two hours and like, twenty minutes here. So
1: oh, fair enough. Um, well, I'll just say that like you don't have to play trick shot because the meme build is very, very capable and uh, better (laughs) in many situations and it's a lot easier to play as well. Um, So yeah, if you really hate uh, the whole trick shot patient sniper, vulnerable idea, try to just go lock and load, explosive shots, volley and piercing shot and try to wait with that. And you'll, you'll probably uh, find your love for the spec again.
0: Sounds good to me. How about you, Fa? You want to leave anything else on the table for hunters out there? Survival hunters out there? Anything else you want to
2: end with? Mm-hmm. Well, just give it a try. I mean, it's not going to hold anything to try a different spec for Max 1BM to play Survival and vice versa. <laughs> Don't be stuck in the, you know, uh, I gotta play this because I have gear for this. Like, It's still t- it's not the way it works.
0: Fair enough. Well, I'm sorry, chat. These episodes that are a pure DPS class are kind of hard to wiggle in um, chat interaction. We brought up chat a couple of times, but we don't have like a Q&A section, essentially. Uh, if you have questions, of course, for the hunters, a lot of it can be found. Please, the, the big thing I will employ and, and spread out there at every future episode is that just because there are NVPs or theory and math crafters in the Discord channels, don't just keep sending them PMs. Check the pinned messages in the Discord channels. Or check, again, a lot of information that has been provided on the show today is brought to you by Icy Veins. You can go check Icy Veins right here World of Warcraft section. And then you can look at all of the different class guides here for everything. We'll be referencing Icy Veins a lot in the upcoming shows, so check there for more information. And again, of course, all of the invites to... Oh god, it's a crazy white screen, sorry about that. All the invites to the Discord servers are right there in my channel guide. This is all put together for you if you want to go join the True Shot Lodge or the Hall of the Guardians or wherever. You can also alternatively join my Discord as a non-subscriber. You can talk in the general chat if you have questions for me, upcoming shows, etc. You can also see announcements if you are a subscriber to the channel. Then you, of course, can join the entire thingamajig itself and sync your Twitch to your Discord. But uh, that's one way you can get in touch with me as well as, of course, all the different Discord communities. It's a great resource. It's out there right now, so please utilize it. But it is time to hit the button. There it is. So thank you all very much for tuning in today to episode 126 for Legion Hunters. a little longer than normal, but these episodes are always the uh, upcoming shows that are, like, one spec, like Restoration Shaman, Prot Warrior, etc. Those will have... A little bit extra topics sprinkled in, but I will aim for them to be a little shorter to offset the balance of that. I want to like talk about Resto Shamans for two and a half hours, but I only got to talk about hunters for all three specs for two and a half hours. So those are coming in the future. Resto Shaman is next Sunday, but around the table real quick. We had Fi on the show talking about survival hunters. You can go follow him on his brand new Twitter, or of course check out the survival hunter guy that he was posting. Links will be in the description box on YouTube. But Fi, it was a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And do you... You're in the Discord channel and stuff too, right? So you contribute to that? Okay. I mean, you do all the work, right? Azritharii just steals all of your work, right? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I'll take the... Don't believe his lies. (laughs) Oh, don't believe his lies. (laughs) And there's Azertharian. You can go watch his live stream and his social media stuff over at twitch.tv forward slash Or he's got a Z on the end on Twitter. But thank you again yes. for being on the show, sir. It was a pleasure as always.
1: Yeah, thanks. Pleasure to be on again.
0: That was a lot to talk about. I I mean, yep. that was a lot.
1: Episodes. My bad.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. The, the, I, I'm fine with it if it's always, like, there was always things in the bullet list that I could keep going to. We're, we're not dragging it out for any reason. But thank you all very much for watching. Next week again is going to be Restoration Shaman. And then there's some Prot Warrior coming up. And then there's, of course, Mythic guldan World first, eventually. Then there's going to be a uh, community episode with the Lost Codex guys that make the Lost Codex YouTube channel. And then there's something else. Maybe... Could I interview Spazzy? Who would do that? That's sort of a side announcement that the community specials I'll be doing on the show in the future will not only be about WoW. So, if you're in my Discord channel and have suggestions for other YouTubers to interview, maybe I can do that. I don't know, who knows? I interviewed Duck Sauce before, he doesn't even play WoW anymore. Who's that guy? Jeez. But thank you all very much for watching. I will see you all here next week, or of course on the live streams during the week. A bunch of and kills tomorrow, like 15 of them. So thank you very much for watching. Trust in your seal of RNG gold, or now 50K artifact power, which softens the blow a bit, but still kind of sucks. And until next week, everybody, thank you very much for being here, and uh, bye. Uh, bye! The other guests can't wave, but they can say bye. Bye. Say-
2: Ha ha ha.